Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here, joined as always my good friend and co-host, Bob Brown. I thought your good friend and co-host was Cider. Well, it is today, but also, as are you. You you were here before Cider was. Huzzah! Huzzah. As you can hear, where we've got the drinks there again, and we're returning to Fraser for the first time in what feels like a long time. Yes, yes. And... You know, I, I have something I'm going to view later. I, you know I like to watch my movie reviewers on YouTube. Uh, you do, yeah. So There's a guy I like on YouTube called Melverse. He's quite funny. Uh-huh. And he is reviewing Down Periscope. Ah, with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I look forward to watching that later. Huh. I think it could be quite interesting, you know, a future, perhaps eclectic SKP, because I've been looking up uh, some potential future episodes, because we recently did the Sideshow <coughs> Bob one. We did. I've seen one where we could do kind of two in one. Where uh, you know one of those times where two like movies package co- deal. Yeah, where two movies come out that are very similar to each other. Now we also know David Hyperus is in uh, a bug's life. Yeah. And also the main bugs in question are ants. Uh, and, but there was also a film called by Dreamworks called Ants that came out around the same time, which was wasn't as good. Yeah, that was that one was Sylvester Stallone, wasn't it? He may have been in it. And I think Woody, Woody Allen. Ooh. Don't talk about Woody Allen anymore. But uh, I think John Mahoney might have a part in it. Ah. So basically two very similar films with two different featured actors you in see, them. We we can talk about Woody Allen because, you in know, the... I, I like to think, well, I'm a mature person, I'm, unlike a lot of society nowadays, I like to think I'm, mature, I'm a mature person enough that even though a person's personal actions or viewpoints uh-huh. may be a little deplorable or uh-huh. a little sketchy, I can separate art slash artist from person. Well, we're going to have to, because we got him on that side, and then the main villain of uh, Bugs Life is Kevin Spacey, who, who has his first share of controversy Kevin as well. Kevin Spacey, and I mean this purely as an artist, uh-huh. Kevin Spacey is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, once well, saying it's like it's two films with two different actors in the yeah. main roles that have their first share of controversies. That and I, I love in the Bugs Life. I mm. love the, the you know how the pictures are always the outtakes uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that bit at the end of that when he goes like, "Do I look?" Funny to you, and the chick's like, "Yes, <laughs> I, I cannot work like this. I cannot work like this." Uh, also, we got another connection to the show in that buddy John Ratzenberg will be in also be in Bugs Life, you know, yeah. as he was in ma- many Pixar films of that time. I, you cast me as a lamp, a stick, a splinter. <laughs> You're a walking stick. It's funny. Knock up. <laughs> You're a walking stick. It's funny. But you know. We're going to do three episodes of Fraser because we tried to do four last time and we didn't get to the four one. So we're starting with the one we didn't get to, which is uh, a seal who came to dinner, episode eight of season six. Then we're going to Ross alone with episode nine, and then for once in December, when it's fitting, we actually get to review a Christmas episode, which huzzah! Will, which will be episode ten, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Muskowitz. And in the words of Niles, huzzah! Huzzah! And this this episode will involve a seal, a penoir, some meatballs. <laughs> But also, we're we're in the middle of a bit of a recording session here, where we're recording a <laughs> recording session. Yes, <laughs> where we're recording a few things together. You know, because like there are a few episodes that we're planning for December that aren't exactly staying in. But we're all going to get them out to you. But obviously, we all know Christmas is a busy time to record stuff together. So if in other episodes that you hear later in the month, because you're not here thinking that we also sound slightly inebriated in those other episodes, you know, you know when they were probably recorded. Yeah. Hey, look, squares. <laughs> but, we're, but we power through for you. Good rhyming there, Scott. Good rhyming. <laughs> Anything you really want to get into, Fraser or otherwise, before we get into the episodes, Paul? Well? 
Oh, not particularly. I mean, apart from my weekly escapades, you know. Yeah. I I I decided the other night there that I thought, fuck it, I'm going to have a drink. Uh-huh. Then I had a drink. And do you know, have you ever been in a position when you're drinking something and you think, you're drinking it, right? Yeah. And you're going, where is the alcohol effect? Uh-huh. And then you get to the bottom of said can or bottle or whatever you're drinking. Uh-huh. And then you get the effect. I think I have I've had that before. I had it. I think it was because of the size of the drink I was drinking. I was at a wrestling show for an ICW. It was a couple of years. This is pre-pandemic, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember which show it was because they did a few shows in close proximity in the same venue. So I know I was in SWG3, but it was a case of the I was having these wee cans of Recorder Link cider. Yeah. I was buying two. I think some of the other guys were doing these like double pinter things. So I was like, yeah. So it's kind of similar. But for some reason, when they give you two guys, they insist on opening both for some reason. <laughs> and they give you two, like, what do you think I was planning on doing with the second one? Like, I was just going to give it away. You're at a wrestling show, right? Maybe they thought you were going to do a Stone Cold. <laughs> I probably you wouldn't. <laughs> Slightly uncooler version of Stone Cold, yeah. With your little mini cider cans. Well, I was drinking the cider, I was going to the show, and, you know, it was, it was a decent enough drink, but I didn't feel many in terms of I didn't feel like... Drunk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I switched to remember, a couple of double painters toward in the last few matches and as I was facing my double paint, that's when I started to feel the effects. Yeah, well the other night there I decided you know, I want something a little different. Mm-hmm. I bought myself a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. You know? Pinot Grigio. Ah. And I sat and I was drinking it. Not with a glass. I was just cracked the lid and started drinking it. Of course, how fancy. Now, I get halfway down the bottle. I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. I get a third of the way down the bottle. I feel nothing. <laughs> I empty the bottle. At first, I feel nothing. And then, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. I passed out <laughs> and woke up very drunk. I mean, that's going to happen if you insist, you insist on drinking a whole bottle of Pinot Grigio. Well, yeah, but I mean... It was it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. It was only 12%, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, yeah. You barely know. anything, yes. Bare, it's barely a snifter, man. <laughs> you know? And now you're having cider. Don't you just feel great? I feel like I should... Do I feel like... No, that would be a very, very poor taste joke to make. Okay. <laughs> As per our discussion before the recording of the show of people walking, ah. that would be a very poor taste joke to make. Okay. Mm. We'll just okay. move on from yes, that. Yes, that would. Hey, the show is brought to you by Jakeman's. <laughs> Throat and chest. <laughs> Most ones suck. Okay. Well, not... I was going to say, you try... I was going to make a joke about you trying to get a sponsorship together. They go, these suck. Like, you're not the best. This show is brought to you by Swan Menthol Tips. These are pretty good. <laughs> Before. I'd be a great spokesman. Hey, they ain't bad. <laughs> These aren't good, but they're better than most. <laughs> hey, even if you don't like menthol, these are better than the shitty Rizla menthol ones. So, they really suck. Yeah, yeah, cut Paul short on his wee advertising campaign here. <laughs> I'm like Bob Backlund <laughs> on advertising. I know. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. I wasn't too bothered about this episode when we were going to review it, and then the fact that we've uh, had to delay re- reviewing it, I yeah. didn't really get. I'm not really jazzed about. It. I mean, it's not. I, I don't hate it, 
but it's not one of my favorite episodes. Which one is this? Uh, the one with the one with the seal. Oh well, it's, I must say. I mean, it's your class of, you know, misunderstandings and all that stuff, but, you know, it's just not for me. I like the German woman. <laughs> you like the German woman, do you? Maris Liebchen. <laughs> well, let's get into it. And it opens in Café Nervosa. As Kel Surprise. As two of <laughs> these three episodes do. Mm-hmm. And Fraser comes in, he sits down with Roz, and he's and then he's all chipper, as old Fraser. He's like, what a glorious day. <laughs> Can't help but bunt, put it, can't help but put a bunt in one step, and then Rosie goes, "You're gonna be cheerful, sit somewhere else." Damn it, I broke a nail. <laughs> and then Nails comes down. He's in a bit of a could my life get any worse? I'm phoning Hill to ask about their exchange program. <laughs> and uh, Fraser goes, "Well, okay, I stumbled in here during happy hour." Yeah. <laughs> and he asks, "Yes, if it's something to do with marriage, he goes, oh, it's the worst. So depressing, I can barely talk about it." My gourmet club is holding elections to see who will win this year's golden apron. And then Rose went, wait, we're going to need to talk about this. I'm going to need a hanky. <laughs> well, he immediately goes, I can't even talk about it. And then immediately starts to talk about it. It's typical. Typical I mean, nails. I mean, it's very, I hate it. I mean, social media has made it worse. Like, don't even ask me about it, even though I put this fake post about the fact that I'm not doing very well. And I want people to ask me about it. Let's not talk about social media, Scott. Social media is a curse on this world. Unless you're using it to promote your lovely podcast, in which case you should follow the Facebook and Twitter pages of your favourite podcast, like that's, us. That's very true. In that regard, it's great. But if you use it just to, you know, yeah, yeah. be a dick. Yeah. We've seen 16%, yeah, a 16% increase in listeners during 2021. So. I was over six countries, too. Mm-hmm. And we thank you. Wherever those countries you are, if you've joined us at some point in the year, we welcome you aboard and hope you'll follow us in 2022. We, we extend our hand of gratitude to you. <laughs> but don't be a dick on social media. No, anyway. I I ha- I had to technically be that today. Mm-hmm. I had to be the voice of reason because I was on an eighties page, uh. and they were everyone was waxing lyrical about labyrinth. Ah, uh. right. No, I I said very politely. I was like, I'm afraid I'm in the minority here. I mean, I like David Bowie. I love most of his other film roles, but labyrinth is just awful. <laughs> it just is. It's not a patch on when he played himself briefly in Zoolander. <laughs> that was great. That was good. That was great. <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, normally. Disqualified. <laughs> it's normally the finals can get, compete by giving lectures. I've written mine. I would like to look at food fairs of yesteryear entitled Fondue, What Were We Thinking? <laughs> and he and, and Fraser share a laugh, like, oh, yes, very good too. You know, suddenly, last night, disaster. Someone proposed instead of giving lectures, this year's finalists compete by hosting dinner parties at their home. And we're like, so why don't you just invite them over and cook them a meal? At the Shangri-La? I can't tell the cream of Seattle's gourmet set that I've moved out of the Montana and into that gulag with a game room. <laughs> I'll just have to drop out the race. As I figured, uh, let's not be hasty, you know, let's give it some thought. You know, every problem has a solution, and Roz is just, like, fed up. It's like, you call that a problem? A problem is when your kid keeps you up three nights in a row with colic, and you're so burned out, you rear-end a Lexus with four passengers, each and every one of them a lawyer. So you'll probably be sued and spend the rest of your working life, if you ever even get a job, lining the pockets of four blood-sucking, whiplash-faking fat cats. That's what a problem is. The feature nails barely... Give yeah. a second thought before going, Yeah, at a restaurant. It's against the rules. Thanks for your sympathy, she stopped off and they're like, 
And then Nails goes, sympathy for what? And Fraser's like, oh, I don't know. She broke a nail. <laughs> Just typical Fraser and Nails looking thing about themselves. And then Fraser's like, anyway, Niles, try as I might, I can't think of a single thing. I'm sorry. Niles is like, well, don't blame yourself. Blame Claudia Kynick. The whole dinner scheme was her greedy notion. Claudia Kynick, Kevin's widow. Can you believe it? She owns six newspapers and nine radio stations. She'll be... She'll still cage a free meal faster than a bulbous cartoon fellow who mooches hamburgers from Popeye. Wimpy. And whiny, too. <laughs> but I wanted this. And after the year I've been through, I needed something to restore my pride, my dignity, my manhood. That golden apron could do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> and you shall have it. You can have the dinner party at my house. You mean it? Yes, I'll tell you what. I'll rent an extra large table and we'll share, we'll share hosting chores. You're a saint. And then he comes and he gets up and goes, goes and nails and goes, well, I didn't notice you only offered after you found out that our club includes a rich station and I could give you a job. Well, now, as I must say, I'm hurt. I offer you some, something out of the goodness of my heart and you make it sound like I'm a shallow opportunist. I'm terribly sorry. How can I make it up to you? I don't, I, don't. I don't know. Set me next to someone interesting. Claudia, perhaps? Yes, put it on my left. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fraser. So when we get to Fraser's apartment, and we got a definitely talking to our friend Pam, and they're talking about how basically Fraser, he put like a mark on his bottle, on yeah. his wine bottle, to know how Pam, much he took. Pam was like, "I actually marked the bottle, so you'd know if he took some." She's not even English. Oh, she not? I forgot <laughs> she wasn't English. Uh, I think it's just to see because I remember whenever I'm watching Fraser and it's Daphne's friends, I immediately like always hear it as English because I mean she's got something event like we see in that pub episode, yeah, but like our our big red headed friend. Yes, but uh, he goes yeah. Then he marched into my room and confronted me with the evidence. See, I say that because she's English. <laughs> I said, all right, if you want me to be such a miser, then fine, I'll buy my own bloody bastards. <laughs> well, I forgot about that line actually. <laughs> yeah. And then in comes the Martin being the dirty old bastard he is. He goes, oh, hi Pam, didn't know you were here. I told you this morning she was coming by. Oh, this is up my mind. Don't you look nice tonight? You too, Martin, I love your sweater. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty cheerful, huh? No one could ever wear these colours. It helps if you're a matador. <laughs> I think because it's like... What, what, what is, I can't even remember the colours of it, but... Yeah, it's, it's very it's like red, red and, and yellow, and she, yeah. she's like, come on, we don't want to be late for the movie. Mm-hmm. No. And then she goes to, like, ask freshen up, and then he drags her to the wee powder room at the side of the door, and uh, Daphne's like, like, you dirty old man, flirting with a girl her age. Oh, she was swearing back. I saw her giving me the once-over. Yeah, yeah she looked once and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Some of Daphne's best scenes, especially in the early season, are when she's back and forth with, with oh, Martin. Totally, totally. Always, everyone always talks about the back and forth likes with Martin and Fraser or Fraser and Niles, but... People really rarely, if ever, talk about the back and forth sometimes between Daphne and I think Martin. so. I think if you're talking about characters, they really did mm-hmm. swing well, you know what I mean? Like, I know, cause she was play bro- off each other. Because they, obviously, given her job, have to spend a lot of time together, so they've developed their own, you know, kind of dynamic and everything. Mm. One of my favourites, though, was, like, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was a sweeten part. <laughs> it was when Daphne was uh, doing Martin's exercises with him, uh-huh. and remember when she's, like, getting his legs working, uh-huh. and then Niles comes in, he's like, I was like, good, mu- good boy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes like, you've never acted this silly with any of my girlfriends. What's special about Pam? Oh, nothing. She's young, friendly, and you know, she reminds me of the girls I used to date back in the war. What, you mean Korean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, good. it's not dating when you're an occupying force. 
What's it have to do if he's interested? Like, if you lost your mind. Hey, hey. A p a gals in Pong Chang used to think I was pretty cute. Yeah, well, this is a bit different. You're not 21 and her village, village hasn't been burned down. <laughs> you know, you're a girl with a kind smile and a Hershey's bar. I'll just ask her, okay? You know, this explains why it's. Was that so called mix up with those mail loaded videos? Mistake, my funny. You ordered to join Luck Club. <laughs> Man goes to Dr. Fan again and then you. You have to go like keep moving. <laughs> what's the dad? What's the dad? Oh, it's a career thing. Don't ask. <laughs> and then he gets on the phone. And he gets on the phone. Oh my god! He said yes. I've come. And that was a message from Marcel Dubuff. He's one, he's agreed to carry my gourmet club. Oh, and Niles, that is cool. Martin, Martin Tavilla was like, who? Marcel Dubuff, dad. He's a famous sculptor. Turned chef. chef. Each plate is a work of art. <laughs> he's doing his all truffle menu. <gasps> For the advertisers, he sculpts... He's got tiny mushroom trees. Then he carves radishes that look like truffle pigs snuffling around the roots. Oh, maybe we should do that for Eddie. Oh, we could mould his... Uh, Alcohol. Cow. Niles, that reminds me. I got him Sonic's tickets. Oh, bless, bless you. <laughs> oh, did I mention they're predicting meteor showers for that evening? So not only will I have a great meal in a perfect setting... Oh, Niles. But uh, uh, nature itself putting on a little show for us, and then... It was uh, again with excellent views right from, and then he goes and he starts to panic. He sees panic look on his face and he sees a small little crack yeah. in the window. He's like, "Dear God, what's that? It's just a small crack. A little bird flew into it. Yet, lower day. I'm replacing the pain next week. Next, next week. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, it's too late. It's just a piece of tape. No one Fine. will even notice. You have no idea how cut out my rivals are. They will leap at the tiniest imperfection. Last night, Sebastian Mel. Oh well." They threw a lavish Japanese banquet. A certain rival spent the whole entire evening carving out how the, how the geisha's kimonos were improperly tied. A certain rival? All right, me. He had geishas? And that's enough, Dad. <laughs> well, I'll just have to have the party somewhere else. But, but Niles, you promised you'd have it here. You promised me Claudia Kainak. No one's going to notice that when I'm besides, who else is going to loan you their place? None of you can ask Maris. And I don't have to ask her. She's out of the country. She's in Antwerp having her elbows done. <laughs> she has that stunning beach house. I'm sure I can get past the alarm. Isn't there breaking and entering? Oh, bitch. Can't be a crime. I'm just catered. <laughs> oh, no. I hope you have a lovely time. Oh, oh don't suck, Fraser. You can still come. I've got to start planning. Wait till you see this place. It's right on the beach. It's ideal for viewing the meteor shower. And then Mar's like, baby, Chef Marcel can make you trouble to look like a little meteor zooming around the place. We make fun of him. But every now and then he has a fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, fades in, and then the wee thing that comes up, it says, uh, not what good housekeeping had in mind I mean, as, I, they, as they enter the beach house. How do you find, like, this episode up to this point? Because I think up to this point is actually really, really quite funny. Yeah, I mean, it's very you know, very typical, I think, for either, like, males, has a, males are afraid to have a problem, particularly males with the whole reputation and everything with yeah. the elitancy, especially after his divorce with Marath. Like, we had... We've seen that in the Hot Ticket episode. Yeah, he's, he's desperately trying to cling on to what reputation he has, plus rebuild it as well. Mm -hmm. And then typical, they're trying to throw an event, they don't want their dad around and everything, but now they've presented another opportunity to you know, use this beach house and everything. So up until this point, you know, things seem to be going well. So now, obviously, this is the point in the episode where, in classic, you know, comedic, sitcom fashion. Everything starts going haywire. In, in comes a, a big obstacle, and now it's them running around trying to fix it mm. in hilarious fashion. But yeah, and then you got you uh, got a little sprinkling of Martin being a wee dirty parrot. <laughs> oh, he's just being Martin, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been 
actively pervy. He's yeah. just been an, an old man trying to fire into it. Well, that's a bit pervy. <laughs> <laughs> but we get we get to the beach house. Yeah, and they're coming in, and uh, also there's an like alarm, an alarm coming in, so also they have to enter their code. And then because I hope you remember the alarm code. Now people do change them. Marathon never, never change this one. It's an ideal weight. What's so what you weigh during your debut on ball? And he takes it in and let's see, that many good pounds Lord. and that many ounces. And then like, good lord, no one can wait, let him live. <laughs> Further adding to the, the, the legend of Marathon, by this point they've well went past being able to find someone who could yeah, play just, her. That's one of my favourite lines in that fucking episode, he's like, good god, no one can wait, let him live. <laughs> it's like, 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 in the last few episodes we've had a, quite a few, like one's depending just how weird she is with food and her weight, because we had the one in the uh, Admired episode where she's like, yeah, this woman came in, she bought this like like big carry-on Mackie with an extra phone. Ah, oh, that could be hers. Yeah, it was weird. She took one big whiff of it and then just handed it back. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I really wonder at what point the writers went and thought, oh, we can't find a person to be this. Well, they were going to air just during episode three. It's kind of a twist. Like, they were going to start because I think by this point they'd already been characters in the shows that had been referenced to they'd never seen. Uh, I think because by this point Home Improvement and starting you had Wilson behind the fence. You had other characters in other shows. I think Seinfeld had a character like uh, Jason Alexander's character, his boss, you'd always see him behind the desk, but you see the back, you say you never actually see the guy's yeah. face. I've only, I've only just started watching that as well. Uh, but like, they were going to then twi- do a twist on it, like, that's ah, surprise, you see you're in episode three, but then say, now let's play it along, and then the more they described that they realised. Yeah, we can't find a human. We can't find so of course, <laughs> so let's just double down on this weirdness regarding Maris's character. I think the closest we ever got was that, like, you remember when that, that mm-hmm. really thin woman walked out of Nervosa? Yeah, yeah. And it was actually, it wasn't her, and that was when our little maid Marta came mm-hmm. in. And that episode, uh, Voyage of the Damned, when you've seen a silhouette, <laughs> but, and you you heard her lovely gargling. <laughs> and, uh, and then they go in and... Uh, and sorry, it got out again, but that bit, he's got to make her. He's a special lady, too. <laughs> and then... Sorry, but then you hear uh, a, a German woman saying, Maris, oh, not her. Neighbour? Yes. Richard Kuntz. Old girl's been smitten with Maris since she taught falconry. <laughs> Maris is finishing school. <laughs> Here, put this in some wine. I'll get rid of her. And then up comes... Uh, Gretchen is like, Maris, Liebchen, is that you? <laughs> and then she sees Nelson and goes, ah, Dr. Crane. Hello, Gretchen. I'm surprised to see you here. Last I spoke to Maris, she said your majesty had come to a timely end. Yes, well, it's all packed now. We couldn't be happier. You're running one. In fact, that's Maris in the kitchen right now. We're terribly busy. I'll tell you to stop by. Do ask her to stop by. My wolfhound had puppies. <laughs> Which is oh, seemingly oh, no, nothing crazy, but in a German accent, it does sound slightly threatening. Gretchen does seem highly suspect of him, though. <laughs> I think I think the worst thing you could... I know he was kind of like on the spot. I was, like, was hoping not to run into her. But I think he could have done... A very so like saying that basically lie to her and say, Oh, Maris, as a director of Goodwill said, Oh, you can borrow this speech house for an event or whatever. Yeah, not saying that Maris is there is what is the first step and what causes everything to go wrong. But you see, <laughs> Niles is never good under pressure, yeah, ever. yeah. Like I say, if he, he was had, just he a little bit of problem with if that, he, if he was just a little bit better thinking on his feet, a lot of these problems probably could have been avoided. If, if he'd have had a huzzah moment, huzzah, yes, huzzah. <laughs> We get Niles and he's like, let's get some lights on. Right. Like, and we see this really garish looking lamp. Uh, it looks like an anchor. It goes, oh, good lord, what the hell is that? Maris had made after she lost power in a st- storm. Barely operated. Works on a clapper. So you can find him in the dark. 
Only problem was, the poor thing tries, she might, she can never clap hard enough to activate it. <laughs> and they go back through the wee doors onto the, the wee patio that goes onto the beach. And Nick Fraser, and Marion goes, oh, now this view is breathtaking. You know, they're saying like this, and Chef myself in the kitchen, I think that gold apron is as good as yours. Well, well. And they go to Aaron and goes, what is that revolting smell? Smells like it's coming from a beach. It's like garbage or rotting fish. Or, or a dead seal. More like a rendering plant. No, Niles. There's an extremely large dead seal right by this dinghy. Dear God. <laughs> you know, on the bright side, there's not a single crack in these windows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't like that for me. Oh, I, you got it, love, Fraser. Well, well, every time when we think, he's like, well, actually, we could have had it in my home without dead seals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because surely a dead animal who smells ruining in the atmosphere of, like, the host dinner entertainment. It's probably a bigger social faux pas than a little crack in the window. See, it was dead, right? Yeah. Just saying here, just throwing it out there. Uh-huh. If we'd have dug a pit uh-huh. and just burnt the fucking thing. <laughs> Again, we were just dead. We're, they're not good under pressure, and plus, you know, they don't, they're not exactly handy with, good with their hands either. Yeah. But plus, plus, really, if it smells bad enough as that burning it is not going to help the smell. Very true, actually. Very true. Well, we could have just buried the fucking thing. I don't know. You know. So, Niall, they go back in, and Niall's called Animal Control. Yes. This Animal Control, large seal has washed off my property. I need you to come remove it right away. It's condition? It's deceased. What? Oh, are you serious? Uh, it can only handle live seals. What kind of policy is it? For a live, I wouldn't need you. I could just scare it away myself. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm mistaken. It's not dead after all. It's still up. It looks very distorted. Come quickly. Fraser, give me that. Hello, this is Fraser Crane. You may remember me from my radio show. Niles is like, oh yes, that should send the seal mobile racing over here. Just how do you suppose we dispose of this dead seal? I see. Charming. <laughs> well, we have to, uh, two options. Either we can bury it or haul it out to sea, in which case, just we stab some holes in it. Stab holes in it? Yes, to make it less buoyant. It would certainly make me less buoyant. <laughs> well, we'll have to bury it. Help me find the shovel. Oh, never think we were discover why they didn't bury it. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shovels. And then you hear the little bell going, like, oh no, that's it myself. He finds out, you're a luck. We're a dead seal. He won't let anything upstage his food. He stormed out of Kate York's christening party over an old time diaper change. You let him in. I'll find the shovel. And then Fraser lets them in and he goes, Ah, oh, Sh- Chef Marcel, it's indeed an hour. I am Fraser, Niles' brother. Where is my kitchen? <laughs> it's right through there. What is that smell? What smell? Is there a baby here? No, I mean, yes, there was a baby, but it's gone now. And we can air the place out. Do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Nails comes in with the wee tiny little. He's like the kind of wee show on. Yeah, little kitty bucket, bucket and spade. When you make a wee sandcastle out of them. It's like. I don't, why would Maris have them? They're like, I've, not, I've never seen maybe, Maris as somebody who likes children. Maybe she likes building sandcastles. Because, <laughs> like, Nails mentioned before, I haven't seen that our lives light up quite so much since the children discovered our new electric fence. <laughs> and. If she if she's so weak and frail that she can't even activate a clapper, maybe a little bucket shovel is you know maybe that that's her speed, you know. And he comes back down and he's like, "What's the matter? Now I just couldn't find." Was it? You couldn't find any demitar spoons. I <laughs> thought it's all we have. Roughly. Niles, for God's sake, they'll take us into doomsday with these things. Let's just stick it in the dinghy and haul it out the sea. Come on. No, I'm not touching anything with my bare hands. Go ahead, oh. see something to wrap it in. Miles heads back upstairs, and Fraser's like, "Poor noble creature! At least in death, you achieved a kind of tragic dignity." And Nails goes over the kind of frilly nightgown that runs down. So, wrap it in this quick—a peach penwa. Yes, and I found perfume. 
We're giving it a burial, not a day of beauty. It's to cover the smell, and the pen war was all I could find. These beds were all stripped, with linen cupboards locked. Alright. Uh, and then they spit it through her, like, Do that help? Oh, oh yes, yes Niles. It smells so lovely now. It's almost a shame to bury it. <laughs> Come give me a hand with this. Alright, okay. Let's turn it over. And then you'll be making some noise, and this guy's like, Oh, have we ever seen anything so heartbreaking? Sullen nightgown, a cold, vacant stare, those limp little whiskers. Stick a corn cob pipe in his mouth and it could be Nana on that side. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and he goes, and then she was then coming back, dragging the bow a bit quite so it's like, I or shit, Mr. Oxford Rowing Jim. Well, it's not very easy to keep your balance when the crewmate jumps on your back and shrieks like a tea kettle. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the thing is tongue rolled down and licked my ankle. I just hope the wind changes before the fire, though. Here in 15 minutes, the stench is so strong, almost where this damn thing was still... Ah! It's back! Oh my god, the tide must have washed it back in. <laughs> I knew we should have taken their advice and stabbed them holes in it. No, I refuse to even come contemplate something so disgusting. I'll just roll it back in and I find something to weigh it down. Oh, Niles, what about that hideous anchor lamp? Perfect. Tire the Penmore dash around it, it'll sink like a brick. The man terribly doing that alone. Alone? Yes, I get ready, Fraser. Please, I beg of you. All right, Niles, but the entire time I'm gone, you better be singing my praises, Cla- Claudia Kynick. <laughs> anyway, where do you keep the. And um, then, goes, where do you keep the Chef Marcel? Oh, nice to see you. Have you been swimming? To dip. In your clothes? Well, it is November, you know, so we're fishing. Don't forget, I might go back for another. Don't forget your lamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. Getting dark in that water. He looks at Marcel, who's just staring at him, and then there, and then it shows them. Uh, yeah, he's mang- mingling around this. And then we think of them that their feet is sealed. <laughs> so, and it comes Sebastian, he's wee, he's wee, he truffles Gal, goes, I'm allergic to bivalves. A good host would know that. Don't, don't mind, Sebastian. You're not, he's just afraid you'll outshine him at his geisha, like his geisha party. Now, but, now, no rivalries. We're all friends tonight, and I'm sorry about your scallops. In the future, I'll try to cater more to your selfish demands. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, going to go, oh, thank God you're back. I open the deck. You are going to get suspicious. Uh, hold the thing as far as I could. I, I just, the- yeah, I just hope that lamp is heavy enough. Mm-hmm. Is Claudia here? Yes, he's dying to talk to you. Oh, good. Smell my fingers. <laughs> oh, lovely. Tilbler well, Root? Tesma. Really? Everyone, as you may know, I've arranged a small meteor shower for our entertainment this evening. <laughs> and they all laugh, because obviously he can't arrange it. So feel free to claim your spots now on the observation deck. Mm-hmm. And then Claudia, he mentions Claudia to, to phrase that everything. goes, I'm oh, just a man I want to meet, really. Ah, Chris. This morning, Claudia. I know, I should warn you, Claudia's in video, so you're probably in for more arm twisting than you've been getting from those other station owners. Oh, my brother, the publicist, before I will tell you about my two CB award, my broadcaster of the year awards. <laughs> uh, and Claudia's talking about my old... No, she's like, well, now we don't have to talk all business, but I do want to mention that I may be replacing one of our nationally syndicated hosts, the Happy Traveler. Oh yes, the Happy Traveler, how's that coming? Not well, unless we get more realistic with those ransom demands, he's never coming out of that jungle. <laughs> and then, like, Sebastian mentions there's a lot of gnats buzzing around here. It's like, and then he goes to, cl- uh, like, like sm- smack one and it collapses and then the light goes off in that lamp. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sebastian also being typical, like, petty, like, nails to it. It's like, there were no bugs in my party. 
Uh, and then they keep trying every time they get one the light keeps coming on and off and he's trying to keep making sure nobody notices the lamp on the seal Claudia's like what's that on the beach I know seems to be wearing a boa no no that's preposterous it's just a rock with some seaweed on it I guess Max uh, like on the inside and then they'll immediately have to do Night back. And then Claudia is like, Niles, there seems to be something with feathers floating at, flashing at us. Oh, yes, that's my neighbor. Don't clap, it just encourages her. Does anyone else smell something? I know what I smell. Truffles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time for dinner, step live, you know. <laughs> and uh, Aaron goes back in and he goes, like, All right, gotta get down and start that thing. And he goes, I'm sick to death of Shepherd in that carcass. I can do it, I'm the host. <laughs> and I was, because of that woman out there and scrappy band of third world rebels, I'm this close to getting a national syndication deal. <laughs> we have to do it. All right, go get a knife and I'll close the curtains and don't let anyone out here until I come back. Where's that damn thing got to? And then Fraser does that. <laughs> and then he's like, thank you. <laughs> and then so Fraser's trying to have this conversation with Claudia and it seems like it'd be going well, but then every so often he keeps somebody get up and stops somebody who wants to go and look. Yeah. Because also the, uh, also the mirror church will be starting soon and also they're wondering why they can't stare at like, dinner yet. And he goes like, well, now is in the kitchen right now, trying to prod Marcel along. You know how you can be with these perfectionists? And then, really, for the stick of my Marcel comes and goes, are you waiting to sell? Where is Nats? <laughs> Wait, not anyone there with you? Well, I'm sure he's around here somewhere, you know. Perhaps he's up there and making a phone call. And then, <sighs> I'm sorry, sorry for all these interruptions. Oh. And then she goes, she goes, excuse me. She goes, like, well, we're nice to you, Marcus. The woman goes to go to the day, like, excuse me, can I help you? Last well, I saw him here. Oh, is it started? Oh, please, everyone, step back and witness the. Mark back here with you through the transom. Then we bear aside. Oh no, it's much safer in here. You never know where they might land. And the doorbell rings. Goes, oh, perhaps there's Niles. And then uh, in comes uh, uh, a couple of police officers. Which yeah. He goes, uh, we're here investigating a possible homicide. And everybody suddenly goes, like, yes, he's all worried about crime. Now he's been accused of murder. <laughs> Should bring that back. Uh, your neighbor thought Dr. Crane and another man rode to sea with a third party just in the night. The two men returned alone, but the body may have been dumped overboard. <laughs> oh, right, right, now there's nothing to be alarmed about, please. <laughs> that way I can clear this whole thing over now. You see, the other man in the robot was me. You dumped a body overboard? Well, and then Gretchen goes, goes Thank God you're here. I saw a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crane was on the beach with his wife, Maris. I recognized her, perf- her pen one. <laughs> it's meta perfume. He's stabbing her again and again. Yeah, everybody, again. Everybody's all shocked and everything. <laughs> Oh no, clearly this woman is delusional. Listen, search every. Search the entire house, you'll not find one scrap of evidence that's been foul play here. And Marcel goes, My butcher knife has disappeared from the kitchen. <laughs> and they go to the and the guy goes, Figure there's nothing sinister going on here. And then they open the curtains, and Niles is cleaning blood yeah. off of a knife that's missing <laughs> from the kitchen. <laughs> and he, I'm looking rather sinister while doing I've got to say, at this point. You said you said before we started. This is not one of your favourites, but I mean, we've we've went through this episode and we've been chuckling all the way through, going over it. It really is a funny episode, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't want to go out of my way. Do I be like if I was flicking through a flick like like play on a desk it's on, I wouldn't skip it. No, no, because it's so many. Like you're like it's one of those Fraser episodes where a lot of the time you're going, oh for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because. I also often feel that way that maybe I don't watch it as often as maybe should, but it's not a terrible episode. But you, you, you have Fraser's voice in your head where you're going, "Oh, Niles." 
And then Manel's going, oh, hello all. Like, I think he, no, so then I think he throws the tape because when he sees the police officer saying, hello all. Here's a shower starting, excuse me. Now, as little as I understand, perhaps you should explain everyone about the dead seal we found. A seal at my golden apron dinner. I guess in a bubbly for you. Like he doesn't want. He doesn't want to let people. I, he doesn't want to ruin his reputation. Not knowing that his reputation is all pretty much fucked already because yeah. people think he's murdered someone. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your, having a dead seal at your dinner party or being accused of murdering your ex-wife? Uh, like uh, so they think you murdered Maris. And Grace said, I saw him stabbing her. Like, oh, I see what happened. It's so funny. Very long left. We were simply stabbing a seal. Like, you killed a seal? Oh, no, I didn't kill it. It was already dead when we found it. You found a dead seal, yes. And it was wearing a penwa. Oh, no, that's ludicrous. We put the penwa on it. Number few, of course. And the cop, she's like, let me see how I guess straight. So you found a dead seal just in a penwa, doused it in perfume, and then stabbed it. I told you they'd laugh. <laughs> and then they found the penwar all bloody and got like, found this on the beach. Well, there, that doesn't prove my innocence. I don't know what was. And then, like, it's oh. covered in her blood. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the dinner is there. Like, if he was worried about a bloody old thing, Dapper Change, he's not going to, like, police showed up at it. No, he's not. It? No, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I felt no one can leave this. It's a crime scene. It certainly can't be a crime if we. It certainly would be a crime if we missed all that dinner. Everyone sit down, this place scars all around you. And then they will get kind of go like, oh, you said no one can leave. And then Fred's like, Claudia, I think he's got that job tomorrow, you know. He's got some business cards in my breast pocket if you'd like to fish one out. <laughs> Fine, I'll just call you. I'll tell you kind of rest of my wife is alive. She's in Antwerp getting a rail bullet done. Oh, Niles, give it a rest. Even I didn't believe that one. <laughs> uh, and then it's kind of not really much to talk about in terms of the, uh, the credits one because it's just like the wind blowing the door only yeah. shut and every time it slams shut the, uh, the light. Yeah, the light from the seal comes on. Uh-huh. But so we go we go to the I mean there's so many good points in this episode. There's mm-hmm. so many like the the misunderstandings I suppose mm-hmm. in Martin being his dirty old man. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you say, the back and forth between him and Daphne, there's so many mm-hmm. you know, even that bit at the start. Yeah. You know, they basically blatantly ignored Ross's problems. Yeah. You know, because they're so engrossed in our dinner party problem. Mm-hmm. But there's so many good points in this episode, and so much like miscommunication and funniness in this one. I, I really, I love this episode myself. So, what in our ratings would you give some wise to oh, this episode? Singular thumbs up. Singular thumbs up. I mean, it's not, it's not fucking like mm-hmm. fantastic, but it yeah, is a yeah. really good episode. I, I'd give, I'd give this a thumbs up on a revisit. You're usually before this. Before this discussion that we've been having, I may have given it like maybe just a straight up thumbs in the middle, but yeah. I think it's good enough to just, just to get that kind of singular thumbs up. You well, know? I mean, if you think about it, right, when usually when we're reviewing an episode that is a, mm-hmm. a sort of thumbs in the middle, yeah, we don't usually sit chuckling through a goddamn thing, you yeah, know what I mean? But then our thumbs in the middle usually does have its occasional funny ones sprinkled throughout it, but not as regularly as what you yeah, yeah. have been there. So I get your point there. But it's... it's it... <laughs> It's zany. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we go back to Catherine Wilson for the start of the next episode. To, to, to use, and I, I know it's a, a weird one, right? But it's only because I was watching Black Books uh-huh. the other day. You know how in the third episode, the third season, mm-hmm. when Manny goes and works in the other bookshop? Yes. And Simon Pegg goes, we love your style. <laughs> it's funky. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well... It's like, I love this episode. <laughs> Zany. I told you my brother kind of got into black books. Yeah. Right now. Like, 
I've been trying to get him to watch it for ages, but I think he found it when it was on Netflix, and then he started going through it, and I've watched a few episodes where, like, me and him were watching a couple of episodes when I was over as the other day. We watched the uh, the Muma episode where his parents come over, and then yeah. the episode where Bernard starts gambling and everything. Oh, a little far. Yes. Has he has he watched the, the Goliath books episode? Yeah, he has, and I, I told him about how you compared me to saying big if I got a position of power, and he laughed at that, which I didn't like. <laughs> the battle. <laughs> How about serve king? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's great. How about team member number eight? <laughs> uh, Manny, but... don't eat muffins when I'm evaluating you. <laughs> yeah, that would be you. Yeah, I'll let you. I took a risk when I did a podcast with you, Paul. Don't drink cider when I'm developing you. Yeah. Like, who is this rudderless hippie? Has he got a hunting knife strapped to his chin? <laughs> like, who is this rud- rudderless Goth. Weird goth. Has he got a hip flash strapped to his boots? Probably. I don't. Have you seen my boots? I'm sure you've got a hip flash somewhere. I'm Many of them. Many of them. None of them are full, though. We were talking about Manny's parents, and I said, we'll get back to freeze in a second. But uh, just I had to reassure the people listening, like, no, don't fear off the bat. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> now we're on The Simpsons? Well, yeah, it's a similar thing. When are they going to get back to Fraser? <laughs> but the thing about like Manny's parents, I just played my neck and his dad because he played Warren in the you know, the classic race that got my porridge. Did he? I Warren and him couldn't read and had to have Ronnie Parker read all his, his letters to him. <laughs> and then his mum, I, I recognised her. I couldn't figure out where I'd recognised her from. My brother basically read out where she bent. Basically anything the BBC had done in the previous, like, 10, 15 odd years she'd appeared in some way yeah. I went like Jesus I think the BBC just keep her in her cupboard and every time they were recording a new stage they bring her out the cupboard <laughs> Was she no Victor Mildred's wife or yeah, something? Yeah she was yeah. yeah So there you go she was in that she was in many other like well known like stuff that the BBC approves but I'd say like oh. I'd tell you like they keep her in her cupboard the BBC like hey we need an old person for this new show get get I don't know where her name is get so and so out the cupboard I'll bet you even though it was an ITV programme I'll bet you any money she'd be been at least an episode of Plato. She did Midsummer Murders and stuff like that. Oh, we see Plato's a million times better than that. I've not seen either, so I, don't, I couldn't comment on the difference. Between you know, the one of these days, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you up here and we'll have a drinking session <laughs> and we'll watch Plato. Fair enough. Because Plato is brilliant. Can we get back to Fraser though? Yes, yes. So, yes, Rosa Lewin, which fears back with. That, the last episode kind of tied into I tell you the two main plots of the year of season six, the first half at least. Mm. The first one being also the Niles dealing with the, the ending, the official end of his relationship with Madison. Yes, and the, the, the slow decline of his reputation. Yeah, and so he's doing that. This one deals with and kind of almost culminates the other main story of the first half of the year, which is Frazier and his job, and if, he, or lack thereof of a job. If only he knew how much his reputation would fall after season seven. But anyway. So Frazier and Roz are in the cafe and uh, we're just like, oh good, you've got my messages. So like, yeah, they're good, dude, what's up? Warm, it's very important, sit down. Goes, what's down? They're like, what's up? Like, more importantly, what's down? Oh, fun, wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the rating is for KCL's first six months of all Salsa Radio. And they're lousy? They aspire to lousy. So I guess they'll be looking for a new format. Better yet, an old, old format. You think they're going to bring us back? That's the scuttle back on the street. Oh, you're great, you're thrilled. I should be shouting you from the rooftops if I went saving my instrument. Yeah. And then uh, Colette comes in, or a new waitress there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think she's only a brand in this episode, is she not? I think so, yeah. 
She's a pain in the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was non fat calf. It was, haven't I seen you before? I'm wrong. This is Richard. And he goes, He goes, Oh, your mother was a fan of the great French novelist, some Sidion Gabriel. Killer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben comes, Bill, looking and like, You guys, you guys, you want, oh, hello, oh, any more like you at home? No? Good, well, I have privacy. I love Bill, I'm And then all of this, how she basically responds to him here, he goes, Short trip, Colette. <laughs> 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 you guys see these numbers? Yeah. Salsa radio is an El Dumperacho. <laughs> Yeah, KCL's gonna be on their knees begging us to come back to work. And then Rod's like, You know that lady from the Tebbensy who always says I have a bad attitude? Well, who's. Gonna tell that bean counting fathead. She put her time. I'm quitting on the way home, then you hear. Because I go, Oh. Oh, Colette goes by. She's like, Oh. Do you say a thing? No. No, no, nothing. No. no. You know what, if I ever cancel my lecture next week, get me out of town if I'm gonna be working. <laughs> Everything alright, Colette. Oh, I hate this, you know. I overhear things, not trying to just happens when you're a witch. Oh, you overheard something about KCL? They're not dropping salsa. Leona was in here and he says, My station, my radio station, and I'm sticking with it. Ah, I knew I shouldn't have got my hopes up. And really difficult. This stinks. This is totally. Oh, yes. You've made up. You've got a job. Not anymore. I get fired for something I said on radio. I was talking to this woman, this golfer chick, who said she wanted to ever enter the women's open. Like I'm supposed to leave that alone. <laughs> And then he started saying, Rose, like, I started thinking I'll never get back to work now. And Rose, you can, also, I meant, should mention that Razor was on the uh, on the phone before Rose comes in. I forgot yeah. to He goes, Oh, gold leaf candle sniffer. Ah, what's my spin through? What, what a spin through that Charles attempts was. Well, of course, I want you to bid on it, Greg. Start waving your pedal. Because <laughs> <laughs> also, the theme of money and spending is the uh, theme of this episode. So I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. get that in. So Bill's all geese, and Roz is still married. You know, you're about to work, and she's like, oh, I know, they can't stay with a failing form ever. I guarantee you, in three months, the numbers are this bad, they'll be, have to make a change. Like, three months as an attorney, my rent's gone up, the baby's cost me a fortune now. I, st- I stopped buying Alice's little pink headband, so we'll, we'll know she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, now when I go, I just call her Howard. <laughs> she just gets her flat hair hasn't grown, and like, you know what, and, he, and then Fraser offers to lend her some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you know, I will say, um, do say. I will say, but with theme of this episode, I, I, be, I believe Fraser, you know, is a very, is a negative point in his character in this whole episode. I think. Oh, so. Well, you know, generally, mm-hmm. when you're wanting a friend money, as, as his dad says throughout the episode, you don't, you do not question. Mm-hmm. What what you're owning the money for is you would you would question if you did not receive the money back, mm-hmm. but you don't question what the money is for. You own that money; it is no longer your money. Yeah, you know, be chill. Uh huh. And so also he offers them and she says, "Oh, good." He's like, "I'll play no hardship for me. I'll be fine for the next three months." Which I need to think it out. <laughs> exactly, how much was Fraser making? Well, yeah, as an on your town, but like. He's been at work for a long time and still able to go on his lab. He's like, so where else is he getting money from? Well, he... remember, he, he has his, he has his, he probably has settlement from his divorce. He probably has, you know, money, he probably is wise with saving. He probably yeah. has investments. Yeah, but then he's making all these lavish spend like he was making when he was at the start of this episode. So. Yeah, but like I say, he probably has investments and you, you know he has probably savings in the bank and Fraser mm-hmm. likes to spend, likes to maintain his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's saying he's okay for the next three months mm-hmm. probably means that he's looked at his finances mm-hmm. and he's thought, right, I'm cool. I can I can spend less. I can loan this. Uh-huh. You know, and he probably he probably most likely has a you know what do you call it? You know, a, an advisor, a financial yeah. advisor. Yes. You know, he's pr- he's probably got his head screwed on when it comes to his money, mm-hmm. except when he's buying gold gold candle snuffers. <laughs> And then there's like I don't feel kind of taking money from you. Like I don't feel kind of taking hair from you. Try putting your hair in a bun. Always help Lilith. Now, how much can I give you? Like fifteen hundred. Like I mean, I wouldn't ask for so much. Just I don't. None of my business. Now he says it's none of his business. Yeah. See, that, that's the very thing. None of my business. And it comes back because he assumes all helping poor Rod. But I mean, it seems like when she's if he, he's just assuming to think that she could use it for stuff to do with her child and everything. Well, as soon as she hears of spending on anything else but that. That's when he suddenly was a change. Like, I guess you said, it shouldn't matter what she's spending it on. Like, if she is being responsible, that's her own cross to bear. Yeah, but it's not to do with you for interviewing. But the fact is, right, we're six seasons in. Uh-huh. You should have enough respect and knowledge to know that Roz is not an idiot. Yeah, you know, he should he should know his friend by now and his yeah. colleague. He should know she's not a fool. Uh huh. He should, and he should have enough respect for her to know she's not a fool. He says, you can pay me back whenever you like. It's your money to do it as you see fit, see? Yep, as you see fit. That's what he's mentioning. It makes me feel good if I can share my good fortune with someone else. You know, you know what? I, I just got to call my auntie. Huh? You found a gilded candle snuffer. Bottle of colour. <laughs> you found a gild, gilded candle snuffer. The sales seem to pay a pretty penny to have in their collection. Oh. Ooh. I hate her. her. <laughs> <laughs> I just like her little. Uh, yeah. And, and you have Niles and Fraser arguing in Fraser's apartment while Martin's holding a wee cold pack to, to Eddie's head. <laughs> and like. <laughs> a little bit spit from. Because, oh no, I have no idea where it is. I'm not even sure. Oh my. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Dad, you've seen Fraser's for Tata Pen. Hi, Marty Crane. I don't believe we've met. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's like looking at stuff like as if I would know where he where he keeps a thing like that, or if he even yeah. has one. <laughs> and he says like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, Eddie's feeling a little woozy. That vicious blue jay on the terrace keeps teasing him, and then Eddie goes chasing after him. Sounds he's heading to the glass door, and the bird just sits there, struts around. Laughing that snooty bird laugh. And then Niles is like, snooty bird laugh? <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> I want to put some stickums on the door so Eddie remembers his glass. Oh, yes, Dad, by all means, add rainbow decals to the nose prints and bits of fur already festering. <laughs> well, you're pretty grudge for someone who got his job back. Well, that's because I haven't got my job back. Well, I thought you said it was a short thing this morning. Yes, well, it's not. I spoke with BB to confirm they're keeping soft. And so I well don't despair and dad, you know, there are other jobs. Booby told me they're short they're short list the voice for the voice of Chester, the young nut squirrel. <laughs> also it feels weird when like, that Fraser wouldn't think of when uh, thinking about wouldn't try and do more voice over given his voice. Yeah. I I'd like to be the voice of Chester, the yummy nut squirrel. Nephany comes in also like don't anyone go out in this weather. I'm so so my dress is practically pasted on. It's a good thing I had this coat in the trunk, and then Niles goes, "Yes, lucky. Let me take that from you." You talk, you talk about Martin being a dirty old man. Niles at times is just a straight up pervert. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he he goes up there, he basically tries to fucking wrench the coat off, or he'll let me see you with the, with the fucking coat on. And 
And she goes, not so, I'll keep on for a moment, and then he gives Fraser something like, Start off that tree acre death, but I picked up some of that papaya exfoliant for your neck and neck cream for your paw. They're like, thank you, Daphne. I wouldn't send you out in this weather if it wasn't an emergency. <laughs> oh, so I rolled down this far having yourself an all-day beauty treatment. Oh, that's strange. What? Oh, Ross, did you just calf poorly that I gave her on myself this morning? And then she heads down to the spa, and I have a mind to have a word with her. And then Martin, as you said, like tells him not to. Like, you know, yeah. bad idea. I mean, like, you loan to the money. So do that. No, you're busy what she does. I was like, oh, I told her, but still, no, trust me, Warfare have been ruined because something like this. Mm. Or thing you do is not bring it up. I'm worried about it, you know, she must have gone straight from the cafe down the spot. Anything that's odd. Well, when, not when you stack up against the man who uses neck cream. Who are you, mocked this, bro? You might recall, you might recall you went to that spa. What? Don't you remember? Two years ago for your birthday. We gave that special certificate. You and Sherry, you have an all day of indulgence. That's his nail skin, and he goes, don't me use it. Oh, yeah, right. Remind us, Dad. What treatments did you get? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, the whole shebang, you know. They rubbed us, rubbed us all over, and then they, you know, washed down with those little lemon oils and did us with those hickory sticks. For God's sake, you've heard us talk about it enough. You think you'd be able to come up with a better lie than that. You'd surprise the much I don't listen to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hope you're not mad. No, I'm delighted. You still have it. So it means we can go together. I don't think so. Oh, please, Dad, I need this. <laughs> You know, spot's not really my speed, you know? I picture myself standing being drained down of the hose like some sort of circus animal. <laughs> like, Dad, I can't afford to go with myself. You know, that's just, I go myself, but, you know, certificate's in your name. And he goes, all right. Good, I'll make the reservation before you change your mind. <laughs> and then Freezer's sniggering, and he's like, please, spark it out. He goes, I was thinking of the timeless moments of Bond, a father to his son, game of catch, fishing trip, shared first rainforest mud facial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and then we see Freezer and Ailey Catherine are both saying, Ah, oh, no, I thought today was just bad. It is, I'm on my way down there and I need them more than ever. Last night, the Shangri La, most gamelous thing happened. Now, not the best time. And, uh, and Freezer's like, Now, it's not the best time. Basically, he doesn't want him seeing anything in front of bloody Colette, who over oh, years everything. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, and he goes, I'll, Oh, I didn't see you there. I'll have a Nam Fat Cappuccino. Good guess. No, I've waited on you before. I don't think so. I'm much more observant. <laughs> anyway, there was a, I was invited to a housewarming party for a new arrivement, Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> and there were two minutes when I heard a pop. So what is it? It's like, Stewie. I heard a pop, looked around and seen the 81 <laughs> Chateau of two. I had brought the cans into a punch bowl of sangria, canned food and erotic ice cubes. <laughs> and Mr. Preston now, now started seeing, what's his name? Collaborating character goes, coffee goes, Shankman. Thank you. <laughs> and then you go from the look at like, wait, what? Yeah. She knows a lot. And then comes Rose comes in and it's talking about supplies for baby Alice because she's coming in with a bunch of bags. Goes, yeah. No, no, it's Mama's turn today. And uh, she, she goes away and he looks like, Bidwell's, my God, it's a little pricey. I, I, and Ellie goes, I'll say it's Maris's favourite store. I, I must admit to getting very snippy, with, well, very annoyed with Fraser at this particular scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very wrong thing he does. They also they mentioned how much a lot of stuff costs because uh, also they say that's Maris's favourite store. Well, that's, that's true, but it gives him absolutely no right to do what he does. Mm-hmm. They give you points, Nails also says, they give you points for every dollar you spend there. On years, you've got enough to get have Tony Bennett come to our house and sing. <laughs> Well, this way, to go through that loan, I gave her in no time. Wonder if she's ever talk. No, no, I understand your impulse, but I'm with Dad on this one, you know. Well, yes, it occurs I know how she's spending the money you gave her. It's only going to lead to trouble and everything. 
And as I'm not sure I agree, of course, the entire point is moot anyway. How do I know there's even anything more trivial in here than calendar socks and stop looking at the bag like, don't even think about it, you have no right, no justification to go through her bags. Damn right he doesn't. And then he goes, you're right. And then he just gives the keys, just drops and then goes, oh, my keys. Yeah. But at that point, I end up thinking, dickhead, you know, mm-hmm. I don't agree with his actions at all in that scene. No, I mean, no. And it's, it's very unbecoming of him. Mm-hmm. Let's just shut up and keep a lookout. Cashmere sweater, Boovers private la- label of room like here she comes. My keys. <laughs> <laughs> Still <then> not funny. <laughs> he says laughing. <laughs> and then goes, the last time I wore shoes right out of the store, my feet are killing me. Anyway, I should I should go when I get down to the spa before day. You know, he might brutal when the front desk clerk asks him if he prefers a man or a woman. <laughs> Uh, and so Rose quickly leaves as well, saying like, "Oh, that's the time I need me Carol for lunch at Lagaloo. Lagaloo. Uh, Rose, before you go, yeah, I know. If I drop your name, they'll give me a better service. I'll call you later." And then he grabs his phone, grabs his phone, and Chloe goes, "Can I get anything else?" Yes, a taxi. Already called. <laughs> and then, and then, sure. <laughs> Raider spills some wine and everything, and he's like, oh, damn, and then Daphne comes over, he's like, oh, don't worry, Dr. Green, all that spot lined up in no time. And then Nels comes in and goes, look up your daughter, the men are back from the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, boy, how was your day at the spa? Fantastic, you should have seen Dad. What is the ready room, just like Olga and Sergey were giving a full body system. <laughs> Never felt so clean and so dirty at the same time. And then he buggers off, like, see you later, Dad, great day. Put your hands in my glass, Jerry. How, all right, how bad was it? Mortifying. <laughs> He refused to go note even in the private rooms. And uh, I remember Dad is uh, of a different generation. You ever seen a man take a wallet into a mud bath? <laughs> Wearing socks and underpants and carrying a wallet into a mud bath is not a generational <laughs> issue. It is not. If you hear me offer to take Dad to a spell again, wash it out my mouth with jug wine. Chug wine. Ew. Chug wine. Do you ever get your money keys back from Ross? No. Actually, I had to wait an entire day before she found them in her bag. She's on her way now. Like, why are you in some trans? Trapping through this minefield. Niles, you know, I don't want to talk to her about it, but I have to. At this rate, spending, and she's going to run out of money before we're back at work. And frankly, I think it's a little annoyed how funny in my face. Expensive lunches, needless extravagance. Well, he's got some, like, crackers with some stuff on it and yeah. on everything. He told me he's weighing everything. So, of course, he's been me cold down on And he is, you know, frankly, the entire thing's a bit insensitive, don't you? He's a snitty hypocrite. And then out comes Daphne, and I love this scene. Daphne goes, excuse me, not to interrupt, but... This is that bit. Do you want... You want... Oh, may I, may I? Mm. May I, may I? Daphne gets up, and she's like, excuse me, not to interrupt, but six months ago, you borrowed $40 from me. <laughs> you are at the wine shop, remember? You couldn't quite scrape together enough mo- money for a bottle of your precious chateau of Mr. Fussy Pants. <laughs> so I lent you the money. And I haven't said a peep about it since. No, I just sit here quietly reusing my tea bags while you trundle off to your private clubs ordering gourmet this and imported that. Other cigars Cuban. Other tulips Dutch. <laughs> oh, good news. My personal shopper just found a dozen antique pudding plates. <laughs> Who has 12 people over for pudding? <laughs> so you gave poor Ross a bit of money. Hasn't changed your life, has it? You sherry swilling foie munching hypocrite. Niles puts down his plate as <laughs> Daphne stalks off. And then Fraser goes, Daphne, I did repay you. What? Paid for that parking ticket. 
Fifty dollars, I recall. Means you owe me ten. All right, well, I'm glad you said something. It's not good to let these things fester. (laughs) 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 She's brilliant in that scene. Oh, I'm glad you said something. It's not good to let these things fester. Feel that look in her face when he said, I did pay you back. That's kind of a. Eh? I just just like this way. Daphne, I did repay you. (laughs) Paid for that parking ticket. $50, Fifty dollars, I recall. Let me. You owe me ten. And then the doorbell goes. Mel goes. Oh, that'll be rather. Right. I'll take my leave before the first starts to fly. <laughs> now that's not going to be in the first fly unless you spot something on the way over. Oh, Fraser. I know. Rose comes in and she goes like, "Here are your keys." And Fraser, you know, please up as if it was an act. Like, oh, thank you. I had to turn the whole cafe inside out looking for them. You know, <laughs> we made a lot sooner, but I thought to get you something. Oh, Rose, really, you shouldn't have. Like, I wanted to. It's my way of saying thank you. Or grieving. Oh, you really shouldn't have. And the old, one thing is just, and he opens in and goes, Oh, it's lovely. And it's, oh, yeah, Crystal Lake decanter and everything. He goes, oh, it's, you know, it's just something. And then he goes, Now that decanter, not just the same thing. It's also to say, Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Station manager called me half an hour ago. I made a promise, let me tell you. The board reconsiders, they're changing formats. We got our jobs back in. He's like, Oh, that's fantastic. He's mm. jumping in day and everything. And then Martin comes in and goes, You yeah, uh, Oh, actually, Martin came in earlier, and yeah, we must see nails there. And I was having a rude reaction to that, that spa stuff, and my skin started tingling, tighten up. Lots well, of citrus reacting to their natural oil. It's a good sign. It doesn't feel good. I scratch my nose, my eyelid closed. <laughs> <laughs> and so they jump on the day, Martin goes, What's going on? Oh, we got our jobs back. We start tomorrow. Like, uh, it's like, Oh, hurry. Huh, great news. Oh, you could have smiled, Dad. So I was smiling. <laughs> And then he goes over you say, you got the guy be like the Celsius and he's pretty sure being all sad, like, oh, what else? And yeah. sad and everything. And then outside of he's high five going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Noel goes, goes, oh no, what are you going to do? Oh, actually, I never left. Yo, hablo espanol. <laughs> I know a, a woman who's also been fired, going back to her very hand, goes, adios, Maria, and she just goes, shit, like a wee desk there. Yeah. And Rod's like, hey, Rodney, in the best, great to see everybody, Bulldog, and Noel, and Frazier, and like, friend you. you. We're like, yeah, I never thought I'd see this place again. It's like we're soldiers coming back from the war. And then he grabs some chick walking by and, like, smitches up like a fucking army guy coming back. He just fucking smacks him across He's the like, head. I'm home! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is like, well, I'll have to continue this celebration, but in three minutes we have a show to do. And so they go into the group and, like, oh, we're back and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's what I say. No, no comes out. I just wanted to say, I missed you most of all, Ross. Then you know, still see. For certain, we know. No, off you go. No, not me. Not my Jane. Still with my mom. Still working on that Klingon the English dictionary. No, how do you say goodbye in Klingon? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're talking to a superior officer. No. Chris Crash. I'll throw it back. I got so many. I couldn't do a wing last night. No, for a good time into my. Composed this little speech for today's show. Oh, great. You know, I thought I was falling asleep last night. It occurred to me, you know, you wanted to talk about something. Oh, right, right. Uh, no, it's not important. Have <laughs> yeah. trying to just brush it off. <laughs> oh, it's a bone to pick about. Let's go by the way. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. You know, he goes, when he says, are you sure? And he says, oh, absolutely. He should have just stopped there. Yeah. Then he goes, you know, well, when you think you're out of work, you know, you're a little crazy with and stuff and... No, like, I'll tell you, money thing's alone, and, like, oh, a matter of fact, like, what? Like, 
Oh, yeah, well, if things get crazy, she goes, oh, yeah, tell me about it. The money thing alone, like, well, as a matter of fact, what? Well, nothing. <laughs> but, but, no, it's not an issue anymore. Come on. Oh, look, right, I thought the way you were just spending the money was a little unwise. You know, spa days, expensive lunches, bit of wealth, perfume. Uh, and then, like, I won't even bring it up again. She's like, I never told you I bought perfume. Mm. And the only way you can know if you went for my fat. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> then, you know, it's like, oh, like, oh, but before you say, like, like, oh, you must be wearing it right now. I recognize it. I, I'm not wearing it right now. Mm. It's such a natural scent. My God, you said sweating bottles. <laughs> <laughs> And I see that I'm like, oh, so I thought I was being a little responsible. That's all. Also, now I'm irresponsible. <laughs> well, you know, what situation? What situation? Oh, I know. It's about the baby, right? You know, that's what. Yeah. And she's like, well, listen, obviously, I'm not going to be trusted with your precious money, so I'm paying you back. She's not reading my check. And goes, and that's not your business, but Carol took me out to lunch. My mother gave me the day that's fun. No shoes were in store, right? The perfume. Well, that one was just for me because I wanted it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say anything. I said, did I? I can't say I'd have you mad at me. Like, let me take you dinner. I can't. I mean, took us afterwards. Like, you're on. Thank you. No, I mean, you're on in five seconds. Yeah. And he goes, like, Gratunes, yeah. It's not afraid you're crane. We're back. Don't worry. It's been a while, but I know world buttons work. He presses a button and it plays south and he's like, <laughs> well, they've moved the cough button. <laughs> and they put the three speech together. Yeah. And, uh,. And then he starts you know, basically saying there he's he's basically thanking Ross and trying to get his forget or forgiveness and everything. He keeps just banging on about it and he's going, All right, Fraser, you're forgiven. Mm. Thank you. We'll be back after this and then they both start basically making Yeah, I'll get out and Because he says a lot of nice things about in her speech and everything. He's like, Thanks, Fraser. I'm sorry I got so mad. You were right about everything. And it's like, How could I ever squander the money you gave me? You know, you'd never. And or Fraser goes, How could I think you'd be so responsible to squander that money? Like, Of course I wouldn't. Like, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. We can always be honest with each other. And like, sometimes you stayed up all night writing those things about me. And, like, I met every word. They both go in a different booths and everything. And then Noel comes in. Great speech, Rod. I love what you said about Rod. And then Bullock comes in the other side and Rod goes, Bullock, can you lend me some money? How much? About 1500 I just wrote a bad check. <laughs> and then Noel goes, Hey, there's nothing about Rod's on here. And they start feeding. He goes, Chris, Chris, no. Chris, yeah, he's like, Just like Napoleon's triumphant return from Alba. Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see the the salsa guy and the, some of these colleagues talking as if they, they think that they're going to get their job out like it's yeah. so, and then uh, Colette walks by and, she like, and they all look very sad yeah but yeah <laughs> also that's the idea does that basically mean that she did waste the money and can't pay him back or well no she just wrote a bad check yeah because she was probably annoyed at him or something or did, dev, definitely did not have 1500 yeah no, but I I totally believe Roz when she says like like the only thing she spent money on was the perfume just because she wanted it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought the indication was that obviously she had spent the money and then therefore didn't have uh didn't have the money to pay him back. Just yeah, uh, so why she didn't get and borrow from Bulldog. But you never really know. I think it's just to your interpretation. I don't know if we needed really the bit with Noel in that because obviously if he didn't really, that's not why he wrote. But then he decided to come up with it on obviously it means that he was doing his best to, to fix make, it because he realizes he'd done wrong. So I don't know if we needed that minute bit between him and Noel. We didn't need it, but we did. We did in a sense need a Noel bit. Yeah. You know. But uh, well, it's like uh, your feelings about Fraser in this episode aside. Yeah. Rating wise, where would you go with this episode? Rating wise, I would still give it a thumbs up because it's a good episode. 
Yeah, I, I, I give it a thumbs up as well. Nothing really too... Like, I know, obviously, it's annoying the way like, you're frustrated with Freddy's character, but I think you're supposed to be, because everyone else around him is telling him not to do this, and he does it anyway. Yeah, it, show, it shows Fraser's tendency not to listen to reason. I mean, no, it shows like, he's flawed. I've already been exploring this yeah. in a series. So yeah, we, th- we've gone over, like in countless episodes, we've gone yeah. over Fraser and, well, character flaws in the whole cast, you know, well, the whole set of characters, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, like, there's... That that is a glaring issue, but like, it's an issue that it's meant to be part of the episode, not mm. that, like, and it's not something that really affects your enjoyment of the episode itself. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. It's a solid episode, and it's it deals with some really, like, as Fraser does on occasion, it does deal with some you know more serious topic issue. Yeah, but also like Fraser does, it's got a whole. You know, all the wee zany bits mixed in as well, especially like the bit you you were quoting the Daphne bit. Yeah. That bit's hilarious, man. I don't know what's funnier, though. Her little freak out, or Fraser's little... You know, he's like, I did pay you back. $50, in fact. That means you owe me 10 Well, it's not, it's not nice to let these things fester. <laughs> I just like his wee, like, put a body, just like... Like, I... <laughs> Did pay. It's like I, I like nails, kind of just putting the the thing back after he spends the fog crossing. He just puts a wee cracker back. And the bit where he sits there with that snooty bird laugh, snooty bird laugh. Yeah, like that. Hi, I'm Marty Crane. I don't think we've met. And yeah, uh, like Dad, do you know where Fraser for Tataman is? Hi, Marty Crane. I don't think we've met. <laughs> but those are like these are episodes. But this one, this one, I think is. And so it's not it's not a better Christmas special than Fraser Wings personally, my own preference. It's about Fraser is above this Christmas special, but I, th- I thought you were gonna go into the last fucking line in the secret window every Johnny Depp, but like this one. <laughs> this one is very good. But like this has this is potentially one of the all time great episodes, in my opinion, of the entire series. I hold this episode in very high regard. Do you do you see that episode come up and go huzzah? I do. This is episode ten. Merry Christmas. This is Mrs. Moskowitz. Aye. So we open ah. not in the booth or in Cafe Nervous or even the apartment. We open in this in a department store. Wow! Wow! I am impressed. I know. But anyway, it's uh, Fraser and Rose out doing a bit of Christmas shopping and everything. Uh, and I was like, I thought your father was in charge of the Christmas decorations this year. Like, oh, no, no, not this year. See, again, already, one of the main themes of the episode that's been run through the Christmas episode at this point. How much Martin loves Christmas. And he gives these wee decorations that he brings out every year as well. Do you know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that when when I am numerically older than I am now, I will be like that because I'm a little like that now. Sorry, I just love the way you feel I'm numerically older. Yes, numerically. <laughs> My mum's already doing it now with her dog. She's grinding these wee Christmas jumpers. She's not dressing up as Santa like. Uh... I mean, look, my tree! <laughs> my tree! <laughs> she's already dressing up for Dexter and these wee Christmas jumpers. I just look at them. And she was moving these balls along to Christmas music she was playing the other day. And I just looked at her and went, Mum, you need to get out more. You started, hey, look, started doing old lady things. I, I'm sparkly like Christmas. <laughs> Anywho, like. So they were bringing that back, but Fraser's like, oh no, not this year, we're doing it my way. That's why I've ordered a tasteful tree. They'll even deliver it on Christmas Eve, but fully Boring decorated. Tree. I know, it's barely even decorated, or fully I decorated, like, it's barely decorated. What's, I mean, what's like, like at Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. 
Do you enjoy decorating the tree? Of course. I've, I've Isn't not, it the best thing? I've not got my Christmas tree up, but I'm going to put it up in a couple of days. And almost, very nearly, my mum, when I wasn't going to be a bit, my mum was going to put up and, without me. And I was like, no, like, it's like, here's a wee aside. Were yeah. you like, were you like, no, I want to help. I no, want to yeah, do it. The idea of being left out of putting the Christmas tree up really upset me. Yeah. <laughs> because... I'm going to throw as we say, Mum, instead of what she's going to do, I think she might put up some of like, the side ornaments that go around the fireplace and everything, or on like the windowsill and things like that. That I don't, that I don't mind. Yeah, like, the actual tree itself. The tree. You want to be involved in the tree. But because like even when my brother was still living there, he would help. But as he got older, he would do less and less with the tree. It usually be me and my mum. And my dad would obviously be working or not getting involved at all. So I feel like doing the tree is a thing I do with my mother at Christmas. See, that... And I know that this may make me a bit of a mother's boy. Uh, uh, but don't, I, don't be afraid. I'm a mother's boy as well, I admit that. I don't give two fucks, you know, because, you know... Everyone is allowed to be if they are. Mm-hmm. But one of, the re- one of the things I do dislike about not living at home anymore... Uh-huh. ...is putting up the tree with my family, you know what yeah. I mean? And I have that, like... With my boy now, mm-hmm. I mean, we have. I'm the parent, and we put up a tree, and yeah. he's actually put up his own tree last year, and we didn't do <laughs> that, so I kind of got bummed out a little. Yeah, okay. You know, but my mum, she got herself a new Christmas tree, a <laughs> big seven foot fucking thing. Yeah. And I, I got her old tree, so, you know. Plus, I don't think. I mean, don't be afraid, because I think it's nothing went wrong. We're both mammy's boys here. But, like. Right. I think. I don't think physically, and I, I don't mean it's just respect my mum's. It turns 50 next year. Yeah. So, still very capable in some regards, but she's had a bad back for a fair few years. But I don't think physically she could do the tree by herself, particularly the lights, because they're on this wee roller. So usually it's, I, we have to extend a wee bit, I hold the roller, let it out a wee bit, and my mum wanders around now, wandering behind her, putting the lights on the tree. What a, what a terrible row you're going to get into when you, now that you've mentioned your mother's age on the show. Ah, and she always, she, she's one of those people, she, she, it's good for her age, but like she, she does that thing, like, I mean, do I look old enough to have a boy that's 25 and another boy that's 28? She does, she's very happy about how she looks for her age, she, she'll often bring it up, so... Do I look old enough to have a child? Yes. <laughs> do I act old enough to have a child? No, you don't act like, you look at it, but you don't act it. Oh, thanks a lot, you can. <laughs> I mean, I can't... Because of your cheek, I've now got glitter in my tobacco. Well... We'll have glittery tobacco, fuck you, it's Christmas. No, I, I will. It's very festive. Festive backy, fest, festive fucking bad health. <laughs> Anywho, why, she do, I don't think she'd be able to do the lights by herself without me, so that's that's the one thing I cling to. With the, cause there are very few, I used to have a lot more Christmassy things that we do every year when I was younger. Yeah. And some, slowly but surely some of them have gone away, but the few we do have, I cling to. For dear life right now. Well, one of them is the tree, the other one is watching the Muppets on Christmas Eve. Well, I have one thing. That, well, I have two things, actually, if you count the Muppets, because I said that to Brian already, one of, the, <laughs> one of the key points to our friendship is a Christmas tradition of the Muppets. Yeah. You know, but the one thing I'm going to help with this year is my forte, I might add. Yeah. With the Christmas dinner, Yeah. I'm doing the mashed potatoes. <laughs> They're doing roast potatoes and all that, but... I'm doing the mash. One thing me and my mum don't do anymore, we used to make cake when it was Christmas time. Aww. We that's we, fun. We called them snow cakes because they basically it was wee cakes. With white cake. cocaine. No. <laughs> 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 we used to make snow cakes. We used to make. Stop <laughs> 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 it. Uh, 
<laughs> we used to make these wee white cakes. So have it. These wee cake usually, or sometimes a wee big, a big round one with, with some jam, usually with jam in the middle, right? We used to put white icing over it and a wee sprinkling of cocaine. <laughs> not, 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 we, we, we Christmassy snow cakes. Well, we, we white with icing, you sometimes bring a bit of coconut or sometimes some other wee decoration on it, but usually, usually coconut. Because the, white, the whiteness in the coconut being like snow snow cake. Well, they sound nice. I don't know why it being snow cake. It's just what we've I've always called the well, movie. Christmas snow. It used, used to be yeah. a good tradition for years and years, but I think, mainly as I've got older, nothing to do with me getting old, because I would still enjoy doing it, but I think it's because my mum got moved into retail when I was midpoint, midpoint of me being in secondary school, because her original job was in the school, which means she was off when we were off. Yeah. But uh, obviously, then she moved into a retail, she got a high position in that, in the, in the shop that she works in, which means obviously Christmas is a hectic time for her, so. A hectic time of Christmas. Uh-huh. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having these wee traditions anyway. Mm. And if you do have, you should try and hang on to it as long as you can. Yeah, uh, my, my Christmas traditions nowadays, I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I do not have the one of living at home and, you know, putting up the tree with the family and whatnot. Because I've moved out, my brother's moved out, and. <laughs> You know, but I'm looking forward to this year's one. We're doing a proper, you know, Christmas dinner at my mum's house this year. And I'm going to get full and drunk. We got like, we've gotten all three or so lines of dialogue into Fraser before we started talking, making about ourselves. Well, it's it's a rambling Christmas episode. I know. A, fest, a good old festive ramble. I know. Anyhow. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, it says that the tree that they've like, they'll, they'll arrive fully yes. decorated uh, and, decorated and uh, Rollins is kind of like oh well that'll be fun for Freddie and like oh no Frederick won't be joining me this year he'll be spending his vacation on archaeological tour with us he's spending Christmas with dried up old bones I thought I told you she's thinking about archaeological tour and they're like well, oh good lord look at this look how late it's gotten and like well don't blame me you're going to spend 20 minutes looking for a calendar, candle holder thing it's a menorah for us <laughs> the minutes for Frederick for Hanukkah oh yeah Frederick's half Jewish yeah and he goes between that, between that and the Lewis contribution the cream boy jeans I think the NFL is holding its breath no <laughs> I should mention like, you, you, about, like there are one or two jokes made about basically like, Jewish like stereotype because the whole thing is somebody mistakes them for being Jewish and like the thing is well, it's bit, unlike other shows Frasier does it in a way that doesn't seem like lazy or just like like just picking on yeah. st- random stereotypes you but, know you know let, let's not get into that kind of conversation I, because I, it then it will lead me into a severe rant about the generations of now I know but I'm just saying like they do handle it a better way even though they're like which basically relied on, ah, do you think we're Jewish? Let's think of some random Jewish things. I, I, al- I already had to hold myself back from making a rather angry comment on Facebook when, when I read about some little bitch whining about Mel Gibson again. Okay. And God damn it. I know he said bad things, but I fucking like Mel Gibson. You can still watch his film and just acknowledge he said bad things. You acknowledge yeah. he said bad things, but you can still watch them. He said bad things, but he's trying to make a decent go of it again, so shut your hole. Leave Mel Gibson alone. Have you seen that man's films? Some of them. He is phenomenally good. No, no one gives you a great action thriller like Mel Gibson. I think that's a question for a different time. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Calm down, Bob. Calm down. Steady. Steady on. Chill. Christmas. Hello. Think of Gibson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anywho, where was it? Jesus, we're gonna, it's going to be ages till we get this fucking episode. <laughs> oh, you would suggest we drink. <laughs> I don't think the drink is the problem. You are the problem. Hey, it's uh, Christmas, man. There's no need for a lot. Oh, shut up and have another drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where is it? Yeah. Bit like the NFL isn't holding his breath. She goes, I need to go over and get something for Calvin, the security guard. Where you get him? I don't know. Like, where are you going to go? If I knew, I wouldn't be going in notions. <laughs> and then Fraser, like, pulls the thing around the guy who works in the store and goes, Excuse me, I'd like to get a gift from that woman I was with, you know. How about this sweater right here? Excellent choice. I'm not sure it's her style. Can you find me in a medium? Thank you. And then she comes back over to the madhouse over there. And, like, he's he's a bit, he's a bit like, panicked because, like, she's going to come back over and he's wearing just the gift that he's getting for her. Yeah. Oh, God, it's people pushing and shoving for no stair covers. Is there, is there a nasal hair epidemic I don't know about? <laughs> The guy comes to work, here's your sweater. Is he talking to you? No, no, he's not doing this. This woman, better 50s, is kind of age. Yeah. Runs over. Mrs. It's me, Mrs. Muskowitz, and her name is Helen also. Where, like, he's talking to me. It's for my niece. But uh, I'm a bit worried about the size. And she goes to us. She's about your height. Do you think it's to fit you? Mm, it's a little big for me. I, I like that color. Well, have the color. Oh, blah. Yeah, personally, I like the blue. I agree. Can you give this a uh, smaller size in the blue, please? And gift wrap it. And then Peter goes, oh, I, I think the notion's line is thin. Oh, good. Do you think Callan will like the nose there, I think we can be sure he doesn't own the pair. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter, like, when she usually goes to the to Helen and saying, oh, thank you so much for that. And, like, it was really nice of Helen just to randomly come along and say, oh, it's actually for me. And, yeah. Uh, that was nice. So. But then we find out she has ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. I have played her in, like, Fraser uh, Green, she's the whole time go, oh, you're Fraser from the radio, and then, yeah. <laughs> which makes it again, it's like, how many fuckers listen to the radio in the night? You had, you had television by this point. Yeah, but, you know, listening to Dr. Train on the radio could be a, a very good thing. Mm. I mean, come on, we we have a 16% rise in our listenership over six countries. People like to hear our dulcet tones on the... On the... It, yeah, but radio and podcasting are slightly different... Yes, yeah, probably tune different. in at a certain time, whereas this you can listen to it anytime once it's uploaded. Yeah, yeah, just anytime just, once it's uploaded. Yeah, once, once it's uploaded, yeah. But then people yeah. can listen to us. Yeah, I'm just saying. Anyhow, yeah. I, it's just a thing I've thought about, like how still popular radio was by the nineties as well, because of how much a celebrity phrase it is. I'm just thinking. Well, I speaking speaking from myself, I enjoyed the radio then. I, know I, I used to do the whole thing, you know, recording shit over radio. Yeah. Yeah. I used to make mixtapes. Alright. God damn it. I'm not saying you wasted your time or anything. I'm just saying it's interesting. I, I did not. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> say you did. I'm just making a co- observation about how popular radio was in the 80s because of how much a celebrity Frasier is. I know, I'm just winding you up. <laughs> no, more, no more alcohol for you. You're getting very temperamental. Darn. <laughs> Okay, one did see some. Anyway. Where's your thing like, oh, I also know when I come to Seattle to visit my daughter, Faye. And then go say, oh, you really should know your wife's size. Oh, she's not my wife. Oh, I didn't mean to pry. Girlfriend? Oh, no, I, I'm unattached right now. Oh, well, I've taken off your time. Although there is one thing you could help me with. So I'm looking for something for my dog. Oh, no, I couldn't ask. And Faye just ring and says, oh, please. No, it's too much of an instant like, like, no, you help me out. I would love to help you. What are you looking to get for your daughter? A date with a nice unattached doctor. Walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Helen just goes, it wasn't my first time. <laughs> and so we go into Cafe de Vosa where Frida Tontanez goes, all right, this woman comes in, give me five minutes and then call me. 
If I'm miserable, I will send say it's an emergency and excuse myself. Ah, yes, the ever-valuable ever escape call. Oh, you've done them. Oh, <laughs> no, no, but I've seen them done. He <laughs> <laughs> says that as a man who's clearly had it done to him. Yeah. yeah. I just like to say, <laughs> no, but I've seen them done. And then in comes <laughs> Faye. And I'll say this right now, I like Faye. I like Faye too. Of all the people that Faye could have ended up with, Faye would be at the top of the list, I yeah, think. Yeah, Faye would have been cool, because she means she's pretty, and she's funny, and she's kind of cool. I recognise the actress. Don't know what from, but she's uh, one of those very recognisable faces, so she does. Yeah. She seems lovely. And when she gets in the competition that you and Faye have, it seems very compatible. I've, I've got to also say, when it gets into the later parts, I don't know if it was a season or the following one, but mm-hmm. my God. Picking between Faye and Cassandra. Fuck Cassandra. I know. Pick Faye. I think it's the same season. Yeah, Cassandra's a butthole. I know. And she isn't, I mean... A storyline, you know, that they would repeat fucking a couple of seasons later with Lana and Claire. Well, again, an even more obvious decision. Well, yeah. Claire over Lana. It's it's easy. Faye over all of them. Yes. <laughs> but if you had to choose between, again, the other choice, the Claire or Lana one, mm. clearly Claire. I mean, one of my favourite episodes is when they all come in and Martin's got a woman, mm-hmm. Fraser's got Faye, mm-hmm. Niles has got... Uh, no, Niles doesn't have anyone else. Daphne's got Donnie, but Niles is a lone member, uh, and then he marries that woman from Nervosa. Oh, he dates that woman from Nervosa. He doesn't marry... Oh, he does... No, he does marry her, does he? I think he? he does. No, he doesn't marry the woman from Nervosa. I'm sure he, he does. Her. I'm sure he does. We'll get. I think it comes later in this season. We'll, we'll get to it. Then we'll decide. Yeah, then. We'll are you see talking you. about cool leather jacket nails? Yes. Yeah, that was cool. American badass nails. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> my my two favorite nails is you know my two favorite to use a, a modern term. My two favorite. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that because that'll make me sound ancient and old and gay. No, 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 no. But you know the the two favorite you know styles of nails. <laughs> hey, cool. The not sound too bad, actually. But, you know, Nailer Jacket Niles and Niles sitting in his... What's his good house called? Uh, the Montana. The Montana. Niles sitting in the Montana <laughs> in his white slacks and loose shirt uh-huh. with it with his uh-huh. with his birdie. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like the look of that, Niles, if I'm honest. I remember, like, there was a thing out there where it shows, like, different... Went to characters from shows wearing different attires and say, like... Is your photo from different like social media platforms and like you got nails in your suit for like LinkedIn, Facebook, and then that thing with the white shirt like Tinder or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the lat nails was cool. Leather jacket nails was cool. Whatever nails the Fraser groups on Facebook always bleat on about, they're wrong. Alright, same. They always go on about one particular. F- no, they always fuck on about island nails. <laughs> fuck island nails. That's crap. <laughs> island nails is Daphne era nails, and that sucks, dick. But anyway, we meet Faye. Let's talk about Faye, shall we? And then Faye comes in and is like, oh, well, then and Faye quickly realises, oh, this one's quite attractive. Anyway. But then she's like, oh, I, I I, just came here. Like, how did you know it was me? And goes, you had that horse tricky look of someone who's met my mother. Yeah. Oh, okay, shall we? Like, oh, no, like, I, I just hear her apologise. You know, you don't have to really go through this because she's been here before. Yeah. With her mother and everything. And Dad becomes in sees uh, Faye and like, oh, he's on a, they says he's on a blind date. Like, oh, and, oh, he, oh, oh! I think he fancies her. You can always tell. It's, it's always obvious when a man likes a woman. You can just tell by his awkward body language and nails is shifting his chair. And like, shifting his chair. He doesn't know quite what to do with his hands and nails. Oh, uh, he's, he's nervous as a hen. Oh, for God's sake, stop fidgeting. <laughs> she's saying over to him and nails like, oh. uh. 
<laughs> and then go so your mother tells me she's a lawyer. Well, that's difficult. I was a lawyer. I quit two years ago and now I'm a pastry chef. Really? Well, I work in this French restaurant in town. Maybe you've heard of it? The cigar fellow. My God, it's one of my favorites. I do it there Friday night. And she goes, I worked there last Friday. What'd you have? The Grand Marquis Souffle. I, I made, made that. that. Those poetry on a plate. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't have to find my earring in it, did you? <clears throat> I'm joking. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, you know, so hey, I'm glad your mother is so as pushy as she is. It's funny, you know. You're nothing like her. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Mm. <laughs> and then, Dr. Creighton, can I ask a favor, you know? What are you doing for the next 10? Yes. Mm. I'm sorry, I'll leave here. My neighborhood theory group's putting in a holiday re review or following in the common room of Dr. Crane's building, right down to there. Yeah, we're having a stealing for a musical director. I would never ask to be able to put me in charge of the whole thing. He goes, oh, count me in. Are you going for a more religious tone or more secular? Well, we couldn't agree on the... <laughs> so we end up with a mixed bag, really. We open with the No Room of the Inn scene. Amazing version of Jingle Bell Rock, a brief melee from Jesus Christ, Superstar, and the first act ends with Santa's elves, and the three of and all looking hands, and singing <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> and I was like, well, excuse me, I have to make a phone call. And he does a call for it, nails and everything, and uh, he was like, oh, yes, uh, uh, I'll have to sign those papers later. And mm. then, but Faye knows going around, like, that was your scare call, wasn't it? But no, no, like, look at that's a blind, you want to way out, back out, and you're sharp. How did you know? And then her phone rings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, She's wise to him. <laughs> And then Fraser's on the phone uh, back at his apartment, and then he's like, Oh, it's Faye, she's dropping by. You've been seeing a lot of her lately. This is Nail, he's trying to go, Oh, well, she's really quite wonderful, you know. I thought she was going to Florida with her mother. Yes, she's probably been buying her way to the airport. They're both popping in, you know. I guess somebody wanted to rack up a few frequent Fraser models. <laughs> and Nail just goes, You don't actually say anything to women, do you? Oh, no, no. <laughs> like, like, you don't actually say these things to the women, do you? No, no, no. And then man goes, hey, Fred, you were in a good spot for Rudolph this year. Like, oh, damn, we had an agreement with the decorations, sir. I was a, we had an agreement about the decorations this year. I know, it's not Christmas without Rudolph. You're not even one of the original reindeer. Well, do the others have a song? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd be on Martin's side. Do the others have a song? No, we do not. But they were, and I'm just again, uh, because you know I'm right. Well, forget it. I wouldn't want to ruin your designer Christmas. Yeah, bloody designer Christmas. And then for then for comes in. Oh, nice to see you. And like the fact that they also don't have a Christmas tree also helps play into the whole misunderstanding that's about to follow. Yeah. <laughs> and then comes in. Oh, let me take your coat. So, yeah. Where's Where's your mother? Oh, she's talking to the door. I tried to fix her up with my cousin Janet, and I couldn't bear to watch. <laughs> to the, the door open for her. She goes, Oh my gosh, you have a wreath. Oh yes. Aren't you Jewish? No, I just. My mother said you were shopping for a menorah. Yes, for my son. My ex-wife is Jewish. Oh, God. <laughs> is there a problem? Not for me, but my mother's another story. And No, here's what, here's what I wonder what we talk about on a seven-hour flight to Miami. <laughs> no, I can take this down. No. Oh, no, no, no. I... Stop being a child about these kind of things. How many stoppers do you have? Two? I'll take it down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really appreciate this. Oh, no problem. I can't believe I'm actively asking you to be... Jewish, be Jewish on Christmas Eve. It's all right. Probably wouldn't come up. And then she comes in like, "Oh, what a beautiful apartment you have!" And then he goes, "Oh, please!" And then oh, Eddie jumps up on the couch, dresses Santa again. You're like, "Get out!" <laughs> what? Of that coat already? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're having a wee chat. Also, when the thing comes up, he says, "Oi!" to the world. <laughs> and he goes, "So, Fraser, you grew up in Seattle? Yes." 
I assume you're a bar mitzvah here. Like, oh, yes, of course. What a proud day that was. I still remember the reading from the Torah mm. for the rabbi and cantor and the moil. The moil? Yeah. The one who did your circumcision? I just wanted him to know there were no hard feelings. <laughs> oh, you must be fair. And then she comes in like, ah, oh, and meet Helen, nails meet Helen, and everything like, uh, oh, what happened today? He goes to the manger, he goes, the Moskowitz family, they moved, they're down the hall, they moved. You know, now, can you come in and help in the kitchen? And then he goes, Pay mother, like we're Jewish, play along. And now he goes, okay. Yeah, he's like, okay, no problem. I think he's kind of... Used to phrase was the antics. Yeah, they've, they've come across a quick few, like, pretending that Daphne's married to him and uh, Fraser's married to Maris and all that shit. Yeah, there's history there with any relationship type antics. Because yeah, okay, why? It's important to Fraser, Fraser's important to me. Think you can pull us up? No problem. And then you're like, oh, Fraser, did you find, t- find time to tell Dad? You mean Papa. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, is that for Helen? What, she's written Jewish wine. I don't have any of that. Oh, yeah, so it's just like, work her a while, you get two teaspoons of sugar, but then try that. It's dreadful. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Who has a good toast? Niles? <laughs> and then Niles like, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Mother off. Next year in Jerusalem. Take it out of TV. And I'm going to like, right, do you know, since the night before, Dad. Oh, great. We're crying for someone to tell me we had guests around here. Hi, I'm Marty Gray. Frazier's dad. You do, well, you never know it, but we're treated like a second class citizen in this house. <laughs> but you know, as long as Frazier's happy, you know, I said, my feelings matter. You could pass as a Jewish parent, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> and then now, now I was I to help dad in the kitchen. All right, but I probably just give it to me, frankly. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need the tourists. And then he's looking back really like, Niles. And then he turned to Mario goes, I don't know how to be Jewish. I'll just answer every question with a question. Like what? Well, I have to explain everything to you? Well, can you give me an example? I have to give you an example? Are you going to help me or not? You're saying you're not being helpful? Oh, forget it. I'll figure it out myself. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, Mario, you're both your sons are doctors. How did you work that out? I have no idea. Do I? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> and then Mario's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh. And everything goes, Yes. No, Come da- on, how would you handle it? No, no. Yeah. I don't know. Do, Do I? <laughs> <laughs> and Dad goes, well, I just got the call. What every producer dreads. What is it? Someone's dropped out of the show. Not suppose you could take over one of the roles. I don't see why not, says the nails also. Then I, I know all the songs. Wonderful. Then me, well, and he goes, goes if you send the elevator back up. Oh, who dropped out? Mr. Blanchard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they will leave and everything, and then uh, they will go to and say, like, they said, Oh, the plane is delayed an hour. Well, it's not good news. <laughs> I did before, but I'd love to smell whatever tastes good in that kitchen. Well, I'd love to taste it except it isn't done yet. I'm assuming then the meeting goes, Ding! Oh, what do you know? <laughs> then they claim that it's brisket that's not probably good, but I'm assuming it's some sort of ham or something not kosher that they, yeah, they don't some, want to offer. Yeah, something like ham or, <laughs> but, you know. Like you say, non-kosher. Yeah, so it's like they want to if they serve that, then their cover will be blown. <laughs> but uh, it's, oft, it's often something I wish I knew more about that. Mm-hmm. Their whole, you know, yeah, kosher okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then really, I don't know how much more I continue continue this charade. But they start talking about working on his own car. I thought we were gone. <laughs> 
And it feels like, well, I have only half an hour. Actually, I think I have an idea. Like, and they go and he goes, you know, I don't know what's wrong with that brisket. It just will not kick through. And Helen off stage looks was Actually, Mama, they push the flights up and we have to go. And they go, it looks like they're finally getting away. And then Fraser opens the door, sees the guy with the tree. And then immediately lands are like, actually, we can't let you go with that until you've had a view, look at the apartment. <laughs> and then they go and then, yeah, as Martin takes a look at it, goes, hey, sir, I go, yeah, yeah, can you come back in an hour? No, I, I have a whole lot of deliveries. And he goes, and then goes, where do you want it? Uh, I don't know. You know, most people put them in their living rooms. <laughs> put it in here, in the power room. They both go in the power room and feel like hide from there. And then in comes, in comes Mark and I was dressed <laughs> as uh, Jeebus. Uh, Jesus, basically. What <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful bedroom, you know. Faye, I know you were sort of quiet. Almost as though you'd been in there before. Oh, yeah, my but I was drunk, you know. I don't have, don't, I don't remember much. See how she talks to her mother? <laughs> this may be a bit inappropriate, but she assumed Frasier was Jewish. So I'm going to assume they haven't slept together because Frasier may not be basically circumcised. <laughs> so I assume if they had, if they, they would know if he was or not. Well, yeah, but, you know. I don't want really to make assumptions here. No, you're not making assumptions, but um, I think you're making a. How do you put it? An, an unnecessary. Observation. Yeah, I think because we don't because the he's been seeing a lot of we don't know how far progressed their relationship really has progressed. Even though Fraser is quite taken with Faye, and she yeah. seems to be the same with him. I mean, I would assume I would assume mm. of you know yeah because like, knowing Fraser from how we know him from the program, he doesn't seem to wait around to get his end away. You know, because <laughs> it seems to be some point in the middle of the Christmas shopping period, but we don't know how far. It's passed between the day and this uh, part of the episode, which is now on Christmas Eve. Remember, he only waited a fucking evening to sleep with Lana. Yeah. Or Lorna. Whatever you call her. What was she? Was she Lana first or Lorna first? It was Lorna, but then changed to Lana. I read why that was the other day, you know. Why? Apparently a woman with the same name didn't like the representation of her name. Well, fuck her. Yeah. We don't get to choose how people portray, you know, like... Similarly, people in American TV shows, there's always a gay character called Scott or somebody who knows a gay character called Scott. And do you see me complaining? No. Very rarely a gay character called Paul, I know of. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Paul. I, I'm left out of all the decisions. <laughs> anyway, we, Adam West has got a cat named Paul if I'm a guy. Adam, Paul. Adam West, Adam West, Adam West. Paul. What a stupid name for a cat. That's a person's name, Paul. I'll come out when they're all gone. <laughs> My name is Adam Wee. Or is it? Who is this? Don't call her again. I showed them. Nobody messes with Adam Wee. <laughs> Adam Wee. And then so Fraser... See, now he's coming out of the kitchen to Jesus, but nobody else is to go, Jesus! <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, they realize I realised I'm a beautiful fucking. Why don't you, just, why don't you do the arms while you're checking the biscuits? The image of Niles freaking out with a nasal spray up his nose dressed as Jesus. And he walks down and goes, Jesus! And he goes, oh. Jesus! And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he looks back <laughs> And then Fiji goes, and goes, the man who's supposed to do the number from Jesus Christ Superstar couldn't make it. He slipped in the shower. You know, a man who walked on water, like, yes, it's dripping with irony. Well, what are you doing here? Well, I got 10 feet from the hay in the manger, so you know, my allergy kicked in. I left my nails to somewhere. I'm oh, sorry. 
Better get out of here. Better get the hell out of it. As soon as they think that language is kind of probably. Oh, shut up. You know, believe it, it's still pink in the middle. And like, you know, that brisket will be. By the time that brisket done, my crew will be dry as a sun. <laughs> and then Nails hides in the. Uh, in the toilet. In the toilet, and then Helen wants to use the toilet, but they don't know that Nails in there, and then they see him there. The man just as easy with Nails spray while a Christmas cheese in the background. They're covered well into the <laughs> And Nails is slowly but surely. Out, goes, uh, I, I'll let you sort this out. I really have to go. And then Mrs. Malk was, I understand. This is your busy time. <laughs> and then he goes, Ma, failure's not Jewish. I told him pretend so he wouldn't freak out. You think I care that here, you can date who you want? Since when? Oh, I can't believe you're embarrassing me. You embarrass me at an hourly basis. You know, I embarrass you. Are you hearing this? You know, maybe we should give you the price. No one leaves. <laughs> and they start having this argument about her basically ways more controls their life, which is a mess for her and everything's joking. Like, are you, are you sorry, do you want me to cut myself out of your life? Do you hate me? Sometimes I do hate you. And then they're like, oh. <laughs> so they start crying, like, oh, and we really should be here. Like, calm down, we're nearly done. Yeah, so sad, sad, we're nearly done. <laughs> and so we're crying, they both like, I want you, my lord, I just don't want you running it. <laughs> And they basically just all just seems to smooth over very quickly, and then they both leave. And and then the you know you talk about your Daphne scene from the last episode we did. Uh-huh. One of my favorite scenes ever comes up. And so like, so you had Fraser say goodbye to Faye and everything, and say like, "Ever going to back events yet?" And everything, and then yeah, Martin's like, "Boy, that was something." And Fraser's like, "It certainly was." <laughs> you know, we've had a couple of squabbles, but. Yeah. Day, but nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And Mars like, no way. Well, maybe I should get that Christmas tree out of the bathroom. <laughs> Fraser gets the tree. One minute we're talking about little problem, and suddenly it's everything else, and it gets all emotional and messy, and they're hugging, and it's all over. Yeah. And then Fraser goes, you know, I suppose it's the healthiest way to go about it. Hi, Dad. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can't keep much stuff bottled up. I say that they can draw my smoke. <laughs> No, if you sit on it, you'll just get madder and madder. Yeah, best thing is to just lay it on the line. Exactly. <laughs> and they pause. And then Fraser goes, Martin goes, Fraser, I want my Rudolph out for Christmas. Uh-huh. Oh, what? This again? It's just not Christmas without it. I'll do the Fraser, but you can do the Martin. Right, go, go. Okay, I'll kind of see the Fraser. Oh, Fraser. Yeah, Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dad, we had an argument about the Christmas decorations this year. Yeah, but this, your Christmas stinks. I mean, do you call that a tree? Oh, and it kill you once to have a tasteful Christmas for once in your life. Every year we have Christmas your way. And you have things your way every damn day. I mean, look at it. There's nothing of mine around this place except for my chair, and you're taking pot shots at that right from the start. Because it doesn't fit in with your frou-frou knickknacks. All right, yeah, go ahead. Ridicule everything I do. The way I eat, the way I decorate. You know, like... Uh, you have any idea how that makes me feel? Do you know how it makes me feel to live like a guest in my own home? Dad. Hey, Dad, I do everything I can to make you feel welcome in this house. And nothing I do is ever good enough. A strange way of making me feel welcome taking Christmas away from me the one time a year when I get to do things my way, like it used to be in our home, with your mother. And when you were kids, you know, that's a nice memory for me. You'd think as a psychiatrist you'd figure that out. Oh, so now I'm not even a good psychiatrist, so I guess I'm just a big fat failure, you are and I guess I'm just a burden, you. And I hate living here. It's not that I hate you living here. And then we, we start crying, and Fraser's like, Oh my god. And Mark's like, Oh, jeez. 
Oh god, I feel terrible. So do I. We're hugging by now. <laughs> we never should have tried this. We're not Jewish. Maybe Mrs. Shapiro next door can talk us through it. She's out of town. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I never should have said what I said. Oh no, you're right. I should have been more sensitive. I am a psychiatrist. And you're a damn good one too, and I'm very proud of you. Really? Yes. But uh, I didn't mean any of the things I said. I love having you here. I love being here. I always have. Honestly? Well, no, but I thought it would get us to the hawk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's give... He's like, let's try. And then the credits kind of show it as basically more like, like what Martin wanted, more decoration on the tree, more of his intimacy, yeah. he's Rudolph and stuff and everything. But I, just, yeah. I love Fraser's like, we never should have tried this. We're not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mr. Shapiro can help us her and she's out of town. I love how you so three to the she's out of town. <laughs> Honestly, well no, but I thought it'd get us to a hug. <laughs> you never should have tried this, we're not Jewish. <laughs> oh, last episode, Paul. <laughs> Gives a moment like that and the Jesus uh, and everything. And Harley, I understand. This is your busy time. Like, we see Fagin, we never see her mother again, but as a as good one-off character, they're a few better than Mrs. Oh, Muscovitz. thumbs up to Mrs. Moskowitz. She I, was I, very, I, oh, double thumbs I up. Yeah. I give us a double thumbs up, honestly. I, oh, I agree with you, man. This is solid, this one. I think I may have this third below on my Christmas specials, list below Perspectives and Fraser Range. I maybe switch Perspectives and... Depending on how I feel, because I maybe need to watch Perspectives back it's to really get Perspectives is the one where they all get massages. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But Fraser Grounds is always at the top for me. Yeah. And I'm happy because during that episode, I found some weed in the grinder and made myself a little <laughs> smoke. <laughs> and a happy Christmas for you. Mm, a herby Christmas. But Paul, three varying episodes. One decent episode, I thought. Uh, well, one good episode, a decent episode in the middle, and a really solid episode, especially oh, for Christmas yeah. special, yeah. to end it on. I'm really, really happy with the ones we got here. Ah, definitely. And like you said, for once in the Christmas season, we've actually done a review of a Christmas episode. I know. You know? It only took us... A while. I got to tell. There's every chance we may have done it, but it may have been a while ago. No, it's usually, like, every so often it, it goes either just after Christmas or some sort in the middle of the year we get in because of the way we do it now. We we did the Christmas specials one last year. That's the closest we came to talking about Christmas episodes on Christmas before now. I wonder. I do wonder, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I believe it's in a later season. We do a New Year episode. You know, the one where they celebrate the New Year yeah. in the Winnebago. Yeah, yeah. What's is that season? Is that ten or eleven? That one or oh, I don't. Is that definitely a later season, right? Yeah, it's a later season. Maybe season seven or eight because. I don't know where Daphne is, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, because it's A3, but... Because it's a Winnebago that Mine gets after the whole thing with the Antiques Roadshow yeah, episode, and I don't I'm, know when th- that I'm is. I'm thinking um, it'd be interesting when we get to that episode Yeah. if we manage to do that episode on a new year. It would depend where it is. We'd have to go back and see where that episode lies. We'll do it in a pub. Because uh, <laughs> also now the way we've changed up how we do... How we do these yeah. episodes where we do a few in a block every so often That's rather than every week. week. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Who knows if we'll ever do a Christmas episode on Christmas again? Who knows? We will. We must. Yes, we can. Someday. We must have hope. One day. One Someday. day it'll happen. <laughs> Anywho. But I, you I, understand. This time of year is our busy time. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is a busy time. We've got other episodes to record, so we're gonna we're gonna do in the Greek tradition a barrier horror with pat yourself on the back. We are gonna bid you adieu on this episode. What do you think of these episodes? Where would you rank Merry Christmas Maskwitz? Not only as an episode, but also as a Christmas special. I'd rank it funny and I would also rank it funny because of the way you misspoke where it said look, we must bid you adieu. <laughs> That's how I, I heard do. it. Well, that's not how I meant it. But you know, it fits in the episode. It does. I don't I don't know if the current generation would find that offensive, but if you do Well it's not it was never meant to you gotta think about intent behind words as well, oh, rather than the words themselves. But you know intent doesn't matter to these people. I I know. So if if it does offend you, uh, in the words of Father Jack from Father Ted, <laughs> I'm so so sorry. If you're not offended. I'm good for you. You will be now. Ha ha ha. But do check us out in our past Fuji episodes and times where we did rank our Fuji or special see where, they, where our different lists were like. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can check us out on all good Android podcast sites on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, on our own feed, on the Rogue Opinions feed. Indeed. Uh, I'm doing all sorts of stuff over there on Rogue Opinions where you can sit there as well if you want some other podcasts and stuff. If you're into your Christmases of Angelique quizzes, I, on the 19th of December, this will be out before that. On the 19th of December, for you, this are on the YouTube channel. I'll be hosting a Christmassy themed quiz for the show, show Quiz Showdown. It's Quiz Showdown, the 17th one, so it's obviously called Quiz Showdown X7. I hope you win, man. No, I'm hosting it. Well, you'll win because you don't have to take part. <laughs> yeah, that is Quiz Showdown X7, subtitled Christmas Ain't Easy. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and also to our listeners, uh, I do apologise that I've been a little late on uploading those movies to our Facebook page. Uh, remember when we were reviewing yeah, yeah. those? Yeah. I was I was going to, yeah. but when I remembered, <laughs> I, I don't know if people need to see that. I mean, they can make that judgment for themselves. I mean, it'll give more context what we were talking about. Were we truly as bad as we thought we were? Were we as good as we thought we I, were? Do you know, I think, honestly, that... I, I personally believe you're a little harsh on the movie that I think I'm really good in. I, I'm not saying you're not good in it. I'm talking I, about I myself. Think, in I it. think you're good in it. I, was I, to, I, I do. I think you're good in it. I was just trying to juggle too much with that movie. You were, but you're you're being too hard on yourself. You were good in the movie, man. Yeah. I was better, but you were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the support. <laughs> and make sure you give us your support by following us on Twitter at SPLBing. Follow me at Sconclad96 or at Rogue Opinions, Rogue underscore Opinions, or the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash from Podcast. Or yeah. maybe eventually the movies will be uploaded. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Who knows? But and we it, have to like the thing to get updates on when or whether or not it will happen. So you'll do. never know if you don't like the page. And yeah, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all when it comes. A Merry Christmas and uh, keeping with Fraser, make us and good mental health through this Christmas season. Hells yeah. Huzzah. Have good. Drink some good Christmas cheer if you're of the persuasion. Smoke some good Christmas cheer. <laughs> or do both. It's, it's, it's fun. Have some wine, Jewish or otherwise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Huzzah. Or, Huzzah, huzzoo. <laughs> hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. <laughs>